Welcome to the Wise Guys Podcast. Wise Guys is your home to interact with the worldwide community of BYU fans in a variety of ways. We're your hosts, Dave McCann and Blaine Fowler. What you're about to hear is the audio recording from our weekly live broadcast. We invite you to join us for the show live every week to chat with us and with other BYU fans. You can find the schedule and watch live at wiseguys.com. That's ysguys.com. Thanks for listening and go Cougs. It's always an exciting buzz as we bring you to our lair here in Provo uh, when Jimmer's coming on the show. Yeah. And he's coming on the show here in just a bit. We get excited when Jimmer's yeah. coming on the show. We yeah. just saw him the other night. He was, he's been in town. Um, but he when exudes, he comes on. Uh, he exudes big timeness when it comes to BYU. Yeah. And so we love having him on the show. There's a lot to talk about. Welcome to the Wise Guys on our Monday night, uh, the number one BYU Sports global live stream in the entire world. Was, was Mark Actual the first one in this week? Was he first one Best in? Best night of the week. Let's give him a shout Neil, out. Neil Jones from Tucson's in the house. Jonathan Ashcraft from Henderson. Nevada's big time representing. Nevada's always representing. And, and Ruthie 5358 always in, in with us. Howard's in from. Uh, watching from Harriman. Hey, and we appreciate Anchorage. that, Ruthie. We're, we're feeling good about Monday night as well. And from Anchorage, we love that. Yeah. Is it dark up there? It's like really dark up there this time of year, right? <laughs> My grandson McCann is listening in. Uh, he'll be at the house a little later. Maddie Floyd. Hi, Grandpa. Yeah, Robert from Ridgecrest, California. And man, everyone's just hopping in. It's the holidays. And we're glad. Where we're, else would you want to be? We're glad to have you with us on a Monday night. Um, lots of stuff going on. Lots of stuff because it's recruiting time for, for football. It's Basketball's right in the middle the of roof. basketball. We're, we're glad to have you here. Make sure you follow us on YouTube. We'll put the link in the chat here. And uh, hit the subscribe. It's free. We're also live on Facebook, Twitch, and ysguys.com. And that and ysguys.com is where it's the clearinghouse for everything, right, Dave? Yeah, is it, it's like a Costco. Yeah, it really is. Like anything it's you need. Costco of Wise Guys. Because Wise Guys, if you subscribe, then you get our weekly email. And then it has highlights from the show, past interviews. Um, you can kind of scroll through, um, you know, interviews like Steve Young, Danny Ainge, Wally Joyner, uh, Marie Osmond from way back at the beginning, uh, Jimmer Fredette. First time we'll have Jimmers from tonight back on there. Uh, Kyle Van Noy, who's now the starting backer. Um, it's playing great. Yeah, for the when he was with us, he was like, "Nah, I'm gonna miss camp because I just don't want to." And yeah. then if I get picked up, I got a plan. And he was right; he had a plan. So he's with the Ravens right now. Sherry Dew was on with us. Um, yeah, phenomenal. So you can go scroll through. And hey, by the way, the great Libby Lloyd um, yes, so is, is right on there. there singing with me. And guess what tonight is? Opening night of Wicked. It's opening for night Libby. for Libby in Wicked. We in didn't New announce York. it a couple weeks ago. She she let her contract expire with Moulin Rouge. Said her she was getting worn out from you know doing more than eight hundred shows in that show with a heavy heavy dance, and she makes her debut in Wicked on Broadway tonight. I wish we were there. That is awesome. I wish we were there. Uh, by the way, uh, Jen from Arizona is in with us. Uh, Mark from Bountiful. Uh, Howard saying, "Hey, the sun set thirty minutes ago here in." Alaska, it's 28 degrees and snowing, oh. about three feet of snow accumulated here. It's the, it's Christmas do you, time. Do you know what, Howard? I, I would rather have what you have because it was cold today down in the valleys, warm in the mountains. Um, and as I drove to Salt Lake City, when you have smog, it was smogged out. Mm. And the further north I looked, the worse it looked. And, and I'm not talking about fog. We're talking smog. So we would take a nice big three foot dump of snow and no smog. And we're going to get a little rain and snow this weekend. Yeah, we need it. Christmas Eve. And it. so that'll be uh, that'll be cool. Tonight on the show, we're going to talk BYU hoops. They're 10-1, moved up in the polls today. Jimmer Fredette's going to join us. We're going to, uh, we get, of course, we have to talk about the Cougs. We have to talk about his broadcasting career. 
as he yeah. started up yeah, with, with BYU us. TV and the Olympics. Remember when he was on with us uh, earlier last earlier in the year? He said, uh, "If I make the Olympic team, that was an idea. I'll come back on. It was a seed that has now started to grow <laughs> into a tree. So he's going to represent Team USA, and he's coming back to Wise Guys tonight. And Ross Oppo is going to join us. You remember him as a receiver yeah. for BYU? He's very much in this uh, business of raising receivers and tight ends and running backs uh, through his training program. And so when the portal's open and it's recruiting season and signing time, these are, these are his guys. Yeah, that he, are he knows a lot about um, the talent pool that's out there, not just here locally, but across the country because he stays pretty plugged in. So it'd be great to have Ross on with us. Let's start with what's going down uh, and the coaching search. Tight ends coach, still unnamed for BYU. Offensive line coach, unnamed officially. But as we talked about last week and the last couple of weeks, the buzz is around T.J. Woods uh, out of Georgia Southern, who just finished up their bowl game. And so, you know what? If we, we should hear yay or nay officially in the next couple of days. Yeah, and, and I, I respect that, you know what? He's got a bowl game to coach, so let's just leave the guy alone, right? And let him focus on finishing out with these players. Heck, we've had players quit before bowl games or even before last games. And yeah, I'm not naming and we're not names. happy about that. And, and it's like, I think it's appropriate that he gives all his effort to that. Um, but my understanding is he's a very good recruiter. Um, it'll be a really good to have another guy on the offensive side. That's a really good recruiter and dynamic. Um, he's coached a lot of good offensive linemen. His paths crossed with Kalani, his path crossed with Kalani at Oregon state. Right. Um, because remember he coached at Utah state with Gary Anderson, um, he was at Wisconsin and had multiple NFL dudes that, that he brought into Wisconsin, then at Oregon State. Um, and, and Georgia Southern's been really good offensively um, and have had some some good off, offensive linemen. So his reputation is that he is a guy that has an edge, which we've all been saying, give us a guy with an edge, right? Some, uh, uh, and some accountability. High accountability. Yeah. Yet... When he gets into guys, the, the word is that he can get into his guys, but he has a way of having them understand that he cares about them and everything he's doing is to make them better. And so when he gets into them, he's very quick to put his arm around them and tell them that, hey, I'm doing this because that's this is how good you are. I want to get the best out of you. And everybody we talk to says he does a great job of that. That's a must for an O-line coach, I feel like. you got to be a tough guy. But the guys have to know that it's their best interest you have in mind while you're being tough on them. So we'll see. Lots of great things being said about T.J. Woods. Gerald from Fresno, welcome to the Wise Guys. Um, I'm curious to see if he's also going to be the running game coordinator. And if that's the case, that's good because BYU needs one. Right. And um, and we'll see. And that's a natural position, the line, yeah. running backs. You work with Harvey and, and uh, your tight ends coach. Which is still, still to be determined, bit. yeah. No, and, and so I think that'll be an important thing. Yes, yes. So. And now you now it's about getting guys. Yeah. And, and Wednesday, and the, uh, we're going to get some guys. And, and getting guys, and then once, once you get them in, develop them. And for BYU, they've had success in the past. With recruiting guys like like Brady Christensen, and let's talk about the last two big time guys, Brady Christensen and um, uh, Blake, Freeland. Blake Freeland, right? And what was the common denominator? They're kind of long, athletic, big frame guys that played football and basketball. So you knew they had great feet, great hands, and really athletic. And when you look at it in high school, you're like, wow, that looks like an NFL tight end. Well, they look like an NFL tight end when they're 18. And if they look like an NFL tight end when they're 17 and 18, because um, NFL tight ends when they're 17 and 18 look like 205-pound guys, right? They look yeah. like Dennis Pitt did when he came here. 
then you grow them into 310 pound monsters and and that's that's kind of been the formula for BYU. So let's watch and see if they get some long athletic dudes, some guys with some size with a frame that they can build on, and then they develop these guys into NFL guys. Remember Brady Christensen's start? The problem was we were so thin when we brought Brady in. Yeah. We were starting him at left tackle as a freshman, and he weighed 255 pounds. And then he grew up. And now he's 310 and he grew pounds. out. And he's a monster. Right? Here's my Blake Freeland moment. Uh, yesterday... Uh, I'm checking my phone because I got uh, the Colts kicker on my fantasy team, mm -hmm. and I lost to my son-in-law yesterday. I'm not oh, happy. No. It's going to take me a couple I'm of out. days. I lost. I'm yeah. out. And so anyway, I'm going, I'm, I'm looking at the Colts thing, and I'm going, hey, I wonder if Freeland's playing. And all of a sudden, a little bleep comes up in the play-by-play. -play. It was a false start. Freeland. No. <laughs> <I> go, <laughs> He's in the game, making a making a contribution. And then Colts won, and then they got... See, and Blake, and Blake played quarterback in high school. Yeah. And so that's what shows you how athletic he was, right? It's it's six seven, six eight, and he was like two forty in high school, and he's a three hundred and fifteen pound monster playing left tackle in the NFL. And so they're looking, and you know what? It's interesting because some of these guys they're they're recruiting, um, they, you go get great athletes, and then you figure out where they're going to play. Um, there, there's a, there's a tight end I know that they're recruiting that they've had conversations with saying, listen, we think you're a phenomenal tight end, but if it doesn't work out tight end, we think you could put 20 pounds on and be a stellar defensive end, right? And so you go recruit great athletes with that are long and athletic and, and physical and strong and know that you can grow them in your program. That's what you're looking for in your high school class. So the early signing day is Wednesday, December 20th, two days from today. Uh, it feels like it's a defensive class already because we've seen a lot of movement right. on social media about the defensive guys that Jay Hill's bringing in. Uh, we do know from social media today that former Texas Tech commute, uh, commit Danny, and it's, I want to say, Saili. Saili announced, he, he announced he was flipping his commitment from the Red Raiders to BYU after a weekend visit. And this is a kid that could be a starter on August 31st against Southern Illinois on the defensive line. Remember we were talking about BYU needs guys that are just block eaters up front that can demand a double team, and that's this guy. That's this guy. And so there's a, there's a couple of these that as next week rolls out, um, one I know that they're recruiting heavily out of Arizona, like that, that we're going to go, okay, here, here we go. These that's, are the guys. These are the guys. These are the kinds of guys that – they can go play inside and play that D tackle and just eat blocks up, not allow those double teams to get off of them, have to stick with them or they, they kill you. And that allows BYU's linebackers to run free. Yeah. And, and that's the idea. And so I said it's my number one priority for this football team was to strengthen themselves on the D line. And I'm hearing that when, when by the time they're done with the transfer portal, because there's some news there, and by the time they're done with the high school recruiting class, I think we're going to go, okay, we got the makings of a core now to really build that defensive line over the next couple of years into what we expect it to be to make them dominant defensively. Also hearing today around the social media world and, and some of these things like on, on Sports Nation, we can't really talk right. about Here it. Here we can talk about Here it. Here we can talk about it on the wise guys. But uh, the former Baylor and USF quarterback Gary Bohannon uh, is said to be, uh, if you follow the Twitterverse, um, heading to BYU. There's been a lot of uh, talk about that. Uh, nothing official. But he would have one year of eligibility. Um, and, and reaction has been, what, really? We're not getting a nine-star guy? And, <laughs> and uh, everyone else is getting nine-star guys. Are we not paying out? And, and all this stuff. But here's, here's what matters to me. 
we get a quarterback who can, if it's going to be Jake Retzlaff, a guy who can back him up. If it's going to be a starter, it's a guy who Retzlaff can back up and 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 continue to to uh, to and, to and do. And but that he, Ryder but, Burton can develop Ryder, underneath, yeah. right? Right. And there's we always, a couple we other always guys. forget about Ryder Burton, and we forget about uh, Cade. Who's in here, Finnegan? Finnegan. And there's um, another kid they're going to sign. Right. And so, and they're going to get an, a, another one in the freshman class, right? Yeah. That's a position that is so hard to project in college, from, from either, even from a lower level to P5 level, but certainly from high school to P5, the hardest one to project. How many, we, we've seen number one overall recruits in the country at that position never make it. No. So what matters to me? And we've seen guys that weren't on anybody's radar. Let's say Steve Young. Ty Detmer. Ty De- like, Couple that go out and, uh, you know, Steve Young's a Hall of Famer. Yeah. Was anybody, like, like people weren't going, hey. He was like seventh string Steve, here. Be, because Steve Young kind of ran a lot of option and run yeah. stuff. He's a great athlete. And when BYU recruited him, they're like, well, He's a phenomenal athlete. If it doesn't work out at quarterback, he's going to be a great something else, which he would have been a great yeah. anything, right? So you just can't project who's going to be great. Ben Olsen, Tanner Mangum, all these guys came in with. with so what? What I'm looking for, and and if it's if it's Bohannon, great. I just want someone who can run Aaron Roderick's offense. If you can run the offense, and the rest of the team does their stuff, you're preparing for a bowl game right this week. You can you can actually score points and win games you can do it with a nine star or a ten star or a four star whatever it is you're you you hold out as as the ultimate judge of whether a kid can do it or not or just somebody who can and if you can you can run down the field and score and win games that's really what we want and what do we remember about bohannon because remember BYU played against him right right what we remember about him is big arm that can make all the throws mobile Mobile that can run around could actually run RPO, um, zone read stuff, and keep the ball and cause you problems. Very athletic, strong, like physically built, strong. Maybe be able to take running a little bit and yeah. not not worry about so much about getting injured. Um, so when you just think about those things, and he has he's been pretty good at taking care of the football, which is really important. That's a premium after this last season with BYU. Now, Jake, I would expect him to grow up tremendously from this last season and what he learned as a red shirt um, before this next season in being able to take care of the football. Because if he can't, he can't play. You, you, you can't play that position if you can't take care of the ball, period. Yeah. You can be the most talented guy in the world if you can't not fumble or throw picks, cannot play. No matter if you're in college or in the pros. Right. They'll find somebody else. Can't play. But from one year to the next... We typically, like first year at this level, you see a massive improvement in that area. With all the other skills that Jake brings, if he can take care of the football, he could be the guy. Uh, but, but you have to recruit over the top of quarterbacks every single year because you just don't know who's going to turn out. And you have to have depth. Yeah, and bummed that if it is uh, Bohannon that he just has the one year be nice if it was two. Yeah, two you would know, be better. I, I said I'm not a fan of one and dones yeah. at that position. At that position, like if you have a phenomenal rush end that um, was at you know G five at, at Fresno or San Diego State that had eleven sacks last season, um, and they're a grad transfer. Oh, I'm all I'm all yeah. for that. Yeah, because you can just turn him loose and just say go. But at that position, I mean, I'm, all I'm, you have is you have Southern Illinois, you have SMU and Wyoming, and those might be reversed. But you have those three games to get ready for your yeah, gauntlet. It, it, it's, it's hard for a quarterback to learn a brand new offense 
So, and, and uh, outside the echo chamber says, um, I have yet to see the one-year rental really work out. Yeah. Now, we've seen the one-year rental work out at other positions. Right. Eddie Heckard was phenomenal. Yeah. Cam was phenomenal. Those corners were great. And remember, Keaton was 5-2 and two playing right. injured right. before, before right. that, that it, went it, south. But, it, but it's, it's hard, it's hard yeah, to quarterback. And, they were, sure. and he wasn't a perfect fit for the offense, which is a shame. They, I feel like yeah. he could have tailored a little bit better. Um, so, so, hey, we, I, I agree to a certain extent with the outside the echo chamber on that one. And I'll tell you something that's making me feel really jealous right now is uh, who's that that just said there Eric, in Singapore? Eric. Our friend Eric from Eric. Singapore, 85 and sunny. Come on, Eric. Enjoy it over there. Enjoy we, that. We feel good. Humidity. We feel good for you. And I, after you just heard me describe the <laughs> smog and you're going to throw that at us? <laughs> yeah, thanks. I want to be with Eric. Ed's in St. George on the Wise Guys. Let's do some news and notes before we bring in Jimmer uh, as our first guest sure. tonight. Aiden Robbins, Isaac Rex, Ryan Rico, all have declared for the NFL draft since we were last together. And that, the only one that surprises me a little bit is Aiden Robbins. Yeah. I, I expected Isaac Rex to. Um, he's been coming back from that injury. He needs to move on and see if he can stay healthy. Um, Rico. I mean, what are you going to do? He's an NFL guy. Like he's yeah. he, he's going to make a roster. He's got the biggest leg in college football. I feel like Aiden needed to come back and stay healthy to improve his stock because when you're going in, like I, I can't imagine him getting drafted. So he's he's going to be a free agent uh, because of the injury and the lack of play. Um, and that's a long shot when you're when you're a free agent. It's a long shot. Yeah. And I felt like he could. Chris come, Brooks was a long shot. Yeah. And Chris made it. Tyson Williams. Yeah. A little bit of a long shot. Uh, I mean Jamal Jamal and, and uh, um, Tyler were Tyler. not long shots. No, they were drafted. They, yeah. But even that sixth round, but they when, had to they had to to stay in. When you draft yeah. running backs, it's still not easy. But you got you got a better shot. And there's not a lot of first round draft pick. I just thought. He had a chance to come back. New line coach. I think it will be much better offensively next year. And, and go rush for 1,000 yards and get drafted. But Well, after he announced he's going out, Miles Davis had him yeah, coming he's back he's coming back. <laughs> exactly. So a chance for Davis to, to get bigger and stronger and, and have a breakout season. Center Connor Pay, since we were last together, announced he's coming back. Yeah, he That's big. Pretty vocal about how he's feeling about it. Like, once there was a coaching change and – and, you know, some of the guys moving on that were on that line, he feels really, really good about the core that's coming back yeah. and about this new O-line coach and said, based on all of these changes, because he was thinking about going or transferring. He's like, nope, I'm back now. Yeah. So that tells you a lot about how he's feeling about this offense from the inside. Tyler Batty was on the show last week. Uh, he's coming back. Also named the first team All-Big 12 defensive end by Pro Football Focus. If you want to see the Batty interview, go to YSGuys.com. Uh, it was great. It was great. Yeah, Batty and, and Connor Pay, those guys are honest. Yeah. And they tell you how it is. Well, and, and the nice part about Batty is um, having him have a chance to come back one more year in this offense, new technique that he just learned this last year, with maybe some – so, uh, you know, up improved talent inside of him. Um, and I think they're going to be really aggressive again next year. I, he has a chance to to really improve his stock. And, yeah. and he feels like he – I feel like he got way better this last year. And I think he still has a chance to get even better and be really good and have a really good shot in the NFL. Big 12 football media days moving to Las Vegas next summer and the following summer due to scheduling conflicts with AT&T Stadium in Arlington. You and I are okay with that. Yeah, Vegas is awesome, it's, and it's close, and it's close. Uh, Big 12 football schedule 
for 2024 for this fall. It's going to be released in mid-January. It's That's not going to be like last year where we keep, we keep saying it month after month, right? They've said mid-January, even this week. A couple of athletic directors also confirmed it. Uh, and we anticipate the BYU-Utah game to be restored to its proper place Let's hope. on Thanksgiving weekend. Yeah. So we should know uh, in the middle of next month, so just a few weeks away. Yep, that's great. Hey, um, how about the news on Elisa Tuiaki, former BYU assistant coach? Great stuff. He's the new D-line coach at Oregon State. This is his second stint uh, there with the Beavers. Um, He coached the D-line there when Gary Anderson was the head coach and Kalani was there as the D coordinator back in 2015. So Sataki uh, brought him to Provo and took the head job at BYU. Really have. Elisa Tuiaki is one of the good guys, like one of the best guys you're ever going to meet. Um, and uh, we're really hoping for him to have great success. I don't know what's going to happen with Oregon State. Yeah, no one does, but they're not going to quit. No. And so it's a great it's job a, It's for a him. story. Pro- and you know what? They've been really good the last couple of years. So let, let's see, you know, how it goes for him. We're just, we're just keeping our fingers crossed and wishing the very, very best to you, Lisa. Men's basketball is 10-1, AP top 25 up to 17. Net rank is four. It goes Houston, Arizona, Purdue, BYU, then UConn. So just think about that. Yeah, just think about that for <laughs> Ken, a minute. Ken Palm ranking is five. Uh, I, I wrote a story in the Deseret News today about their ability to distribute the basketball and passing up a good shot for a better shot has led to this renaissance. Uh, last January, they were 92 in the net. And, yeah. and here at the end of December, they're five with the same guys, They're just, more or less. Yeah, and... It, you know, we talk about a year later. We're talking about, hey, Tyler Battery in, in this defense a year later. Um, you know, some some of these other players that have a chance in, on that defensive scheme to be in the second year of the defensive scheme. Um, transfers that came last year that have another year, right? Jake Retzloff. Yeah. Retzloff. Um, this is what's happened with Jackson Robinson. Is this even the same dude? He's so confident. He mm-hmm. knows where things are coming. Like, he was an athlete last year, but now he understands what he's supposed to do, where his shots come from, and he's playing with so much confidence. The guy that's just a renaissance man to me is Waterman. No, Waterman, My yeah. goodness. That's not the same guy. And Mark Pope has told us he's not the same guy on or off the floor. And, and he is phenomenal. Richie Saunders just got better. Dallin Hall just got better. You know, they just progressed and were further removed from missions, right? Yeah. Um, Ali Atiki. Tiki Aliatiki is way better than he was last year. His offensive skills improved dramatically. He's playing more minutes without fouling. The whole operation, even the coaching, yeah. has been better. Yeah, and and then the newcomers. Um, well, how about Ali Khalifa? He'll be number one in the country after Friday night's game in assists to turnover. This dude's a revelation um, passing the basketball. Yeah. My, he is something. He's a lot of fun. Danny Ainge told us before the season started, wait you see this guy pass. Yep. I was like, oh, yeah, he looks like he's really out of shape. And he was. He's lost like 20 since then. Um, and he's still losing some weight and getting in shape. But Danny's like, no, he's he's like an elite-level passer with a sense of where to go. He's and got he's got 21. So good. 21 straight assists without a turnover. Yeah. Hasn't had a turnover in five games. And, and Trevin Nell was hurt all last year. Yeah. They get him back, and he's shooting with confidence, just shooting it lights out and, and playing solid defense. And the thing... That, that's fine. So, so we talked. Um, we talked with Dutch after the San Diego State game, and he told us some things. Um, I loved our visit with Jonas Hayes from Georgia Southern when he said to us, um, "You know, it's one thing. This team can really shoot it." He said, "And it's one thing because most teams that when you say they can really shoot it have two guys or three guys and maybe two on the floor at one time." And you're like, "Okay, don't help off of those guys." He says, "There's times on the floor for BYU when they have five guys on the floor that you can't help off of. How are you supposed to defend that?" What if we had five Jimmers? 
Oh, I'll take five Jimmers. Bellarmine on Friday, uh, 7 o'clock Mountain Time, ESPN+. Plus. Blaine, Spencer, and myself will be on the call. Let's bring in, speaking of Jimmer. Yeah. I'll take our, one Jimmer again. A pleasure to welcome back to the Wise Guys, one of the most beloved athletes in BYU history, who USA Basketball just named its three-on-three male athlete of the year, the great Jimmer Fredette from his home in Colorado. It looks like you're in some kind of spaceship. It's like you could be orbiting the Earth uh, from yeah. a capsule. What, where are you at? I am just in my office, not the capsule, but it's uh, <laughs> my wife told me if we're going to do your office in the new house, we're going to do it big and we're going to make it nice for Zoom calls. And uh, she made her promise. So it's, it's so great. You but need, you need to demand the stuff like like Steve Young did for ESPN. I was over to his house. <laughs> they, he made them come in and retrofit his whole office with like two moving cam- like remote cameras and this whole like TV set in his office so he could just do it all from the office. Yeah, see, I'm not there yet. You will be. Maybe, you will maybe, be. Maybe, maybe one day. But I will say this. You guys, I mean, you guys don't want five Jimmers on the same team. There's not enough <laughs> basketballs around, right? I don't know who's going to be passing, playing defense, all that stuff. But uh, so I, you're get, saying I get your point. There <laughs> would be a fight over who had to throw the ball in because one of the five yeah. Jimmers would have to be out of bounds. Exactly, exactly. Are, are we you, can't have that are, problem. Like, I've been really <laughs> impressed. I'm wondering, like, and you, you came on the air with us this last week and did pre and halftime and post with us. This team seems to kind of be without ego when it comes to that, which is really remarkable in today's basketball. What do you think? No, I agree. Um, I think there's a couple different things, right? So they're unselfish. They like each other off the floor. And I think that that translates to on the floor. Um, They don't care who's scoring at what time. They see that that's a successful uh, plan for them. So they're buying into that system, right? They're seeing that. Um, sharing the ball, being unselfish, getting to around 20 assists per game is something that is working for them. That formula is doing really well. So because of that, they're bought into it. So if they're seeing a guy that's open, they're going to make that extra pass. But then you have to have guys that can make those shots. And we have a team of guys that can make those shots. They're really good at catching and shooting the basketball, which is a skill you have to have. But we have four, five, six of those guys that can actually catch, shoot the ball, and make it at a high level. So there's a lot of different things that go into it, but being unselfish and being able to make those shots are obviously key. The chemistry of your senior year and the chemistry of this team, this team is now 10 and one, which matches the best start, uh, matches your best start, which is the best start since 87 when they went 17 and 0 or so. But do you sense a similarity in the chemistry, the athletes and how you scored points and how this team scores points is a little bit different, but it takes something special to go 10 and one. Yeah, no, totally. I mean, the thing about them is um, they, they are consistent. And I think that, the chemistry off the floor translate, like I said, onto onto the floor. But the fact of the matter is that these guys have been playing together now for two or three years. And I think that that helps, right? Like when you are able to get full seasons under your belt together, that's only going to help progress and have that trust once you get onto that floor. So the fact that some of these guys have been playing together for two and even three years together, that's going that just helps a ton. So I think that that's something that's really important. And then also coach Pope has done a really great job of being like, Hey, this is what your role is. This is what I want you to do when you're on the court. And that person is buying into that specific role. Um, because it, you know, it is, it's something that is not difficult in today's day and age when you have NIL and you have all this stuff and it's like, Hey, this is a me, me thing. If I, if I score the most points, I'm going to make the most money off the court. So to be able to have this type of camaraderie with this team, 
seeing that if they play well, now they're, you know, number five in net rating and playing extremely well, they're, they're all going to be able to eat because of it. And they're all going to be able to get that NIL stuff because of this. So it's, it's, it's not easy to buy in that way, but they're doing a great job. You know, Jonas Hayes, um, the, the uh, head coach for Georgia Southern, Dave and I were shooting around in practice and we were talking about this team and, and he said, uh, the thing that is interesting about them, they all these shooters. And he goes, and then I go watch them the tape on the defensive end, and somehow Mark has these guys bought in that they also have to defend really hard. And he said, that doesn't always go together when he got that many shooters that, that they'll actually buy in and defend as a team as hard as this team defends. How rare is that to have a team that shoots the way BYU does and still want to defend on the other end? Yeah, it's the makings of a championship team, right? Like you, you literally have to do both ends if you want to be a complete championship team. Um, you can be great at one end of the floor and, and make it far and still do really well. But if you look at the NBA or NBA champions, the NCAA champions, they usually um, are almost always top 10 in offense and defense, right? And that's just the way that it works because you have to have, you have, to have a collective unit. It's, it's a two-way game. So we understand that you got to have guys that sacrifice on the defensive end, the offensive end. So they're full of guys that are three and D guys, which is like perfect for what NBA teams are looking for at this point. They're looking for guys that can catch and shoot and then play defense on the other end. And we have a bunch of guys that can do that, but have length and can kind of deflect passes. But then, you know, defense is about buying in on that other end of the floor, being able to just buy into a system. So even if you're not great, uh, individually on the defensive end, if you buy into a system, know where you're supposed to be, know where your help is coming from, you become exponentially better just by knowing where you're supposed to be, and these guys know where they're supposed to be. Jimmer for Dad is on the Wise Guys, live on YouTube, Facebook, Twitch, and wiseguys.com. So you were here with us earlier in the week in Provo doing some studio stuff uh, for BYU TV and ESPN+. And we look forward to having you yeah. join us out at the at the uh, on the floor, Colin Games. And I know we're working on that. But what was it like to be on the other end of, uh, of our basketball coverage instead of having the camera on you on the floor? You're in the booth or in the studio, and you only have 20 seconds to say something, uh, you know, that's really good. It's a different thing, isn't it? Yeah, it's definitely different. Um, but I enjoyed it. I had such a great time. It's, I mean, you're just kind of shooting it with a bunch of friends and uh, hanging out and talking basketball. And it's something that I feel comfortable doing. I've obviously played for a long time, yeah. uh, played in a BYU uniform uh, for a long time. So I kind of know what those guys are going through. And and uh, to be able to be there with Jerem and, and Tyler, who've been doing it for a little while, obviously Jerem is, is great at just driving the conversation. So it makes it easy for us to just kind of, feed off of him and be able to kind of just talk basketball. So I did my homework, watched some Denver games and watched the BYU, obviously a bunch of BYU games and uh, tried to really get into it and do my homework so that I was prepared coming into it. And I, I enjoyed it. I loved it. It was fun to watch the games and kind of dive into the schemes and what they're trying to do and then be able to talk about it. So I'll be doing a lot more of it and I'm excited to get out there with you guys too. Yeah. We see a day where you cross the street and come down and sit down next to us and, uh, and we'll get after it as it happens. It's a, it's a rush. Um, but, uh, it'll be great to tap into your knowledge. And of course, uh, basketball fans, uh, will, will love it as well. So we look forward to forward to that. How has this start changed how you think this BYU team might do in the big 12? Yeah, for sure. It's definitely, uh, you know, I think it's changed most people's opinion um, of BYU. Um, I knew that they would be better this year just because of the fear fact, sheer fact that 
the guys are older. Yeah. And like I said, it's, it's the, the experience helps going through battles helps whether you win it or you lose it. As long as you take away from the game, something positive, you're going to move in the right direction when you have veteran guys that, that want to win and are leaders. Um, so I was excited about the year. I didn't think it was going to start off like this. Right. Um, I don't think most, most did. But now you look at a team that, you know, can compete in the Big 12. And, you know, I'm not saying that they're, you know, going to win the Big 12. Um, I, I don't know if we all believe that's going to happen. But I think they can be around a 500 team in the Big 12. And if you do that, you, you're, you're doing really well and you're making the tournament. Like right. if you're a 500 team in the Big 12, you're making the NCAA tournament. Yeah, that's just how now, difficult. That's how difficult it is. Yeah, so with, this, with this preseason, Jimmer, um, if they went 500 in the league, because nobody expected them to, and they'll, they should not lose the rest of the preseason before they play Cincinnati. If they went 500, yeah. they'd probably be a four seed. That's nuts. You can go yeah. 500 in this league and be a, because if you went 500 in the WCC, you're not even going to the NIT. It's different. It's much a whole different. whole different deal, right? It's much different. You're playing against St. Mary's Gonzaga's every night, right? In the in the Big Twelve. So that's and that's gonna be the difference. That's that's what I look for because I think I still I do think that they can be around a five hundred team in the Big Twelve, but I will say that there's gonna be a time where they're probably going to lose two, three straight just because mm. of the beast of the schedule. Yeah. At that point, you really have to focus in on being like, hey. It happens. This is what happens during this Big 12 run. Pretty much every team goes through it in the Big 12. Now we have to focus on the next game. We can't let that snowball and be like, all right, you know, get your confidence down. Be like, oh, I don't know if we belong here. That's that's not the case. It happens to everybody. You just have to keep focusing on the next game because that next game is your biggest game. And the more wins you can rack up in the Big 12, the better. So it's just it's really important that they have that mindset going in being, Hey, if you lose one, if you lose two, if you lose three, it's okay. Just keep pushing. A couple more questions with a great Jimmer for debt. One thing bigger than the big 12 is yes. the big world. Uh, Paris Olympics coming up three on three basketball to represent team USA. What does that mean to you? Have you been able to kind of wrap your mind around it? Honestly, not yet. It still kind of hasn't hit me yet. You know, it's still a little bit of ways away and we just got done with our season. So now I'm taking a little bit of time to relax and kind of hang out with the family. Obviously, we got the holidays coming up. So yeah. I'm trying to just, uh, you know, enjoy that. But I know in the back of my mind every single day I'm thinking about, you know, the Olympics. Right. And try to trying to picture myself on the floor, you know, under that under the, the tent with the, the, you know, stands around it outside and just all the people that are going to be there, the buzz. The feeling of it. I mean, I played in the World Cup. I played in the Pan Am Games. I played in some some big tournaments with the USA on my chest for three on three. But I know that the Olympics is going to be such a different experience, even from those. And uh, to be able to have you know an opportunity to play with um, you know Team USA in the Olympics and walk in the opening ceremonies and do all these amazing things would will just be a dream come true because it's something that uh you know i've watched my whole life ever, ever since i've been growing up i've loved watching the olympics so it's 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 crazy yeah former cougar nba lottery pick international superstar jimmer for debt on the wise guys with us tonight yeah i can't i can't imagine this, this is going to be awesome um have you you've been traveling around you mentioned you've had usa on your chest and you've been traveling around playing in three on three tournaments as you've prepared for this all over the world have, have you had any Jimmer moments like in far off places with former, you know, with BYU fans and stuff? I'll tell you every single place that I've gone to, and it does not matter. We've been to Mongolia. We've been to Macau, China. Uh, we've been to Hong Kong. We've been to Cebu, Philippines. We've been to Santiago, Chile. We've been to Kosovo. We literally everywhere. Um, it's pretty crazy. I have 
yet to be at a tournament where I have not seen a BYU shirt there. That's not awesome. One tur- <laughs> not one tournament, not even in Mongolia. Not even, the, you know, it does not matter. I have seen BYU and at, actually at probably four or five of the tournaments, I've seen the missionaries. <laughs> They've kind of just <laughs> walked around and glanced and were like, hey, there's a basketball tournament. And then I, you know, see them and they'd be like, oh, this is great. So it was, uh, it's been an amazing experience. Um, BYU is truly worldwide. Um, it's obviously a lot to do with with the church, and uh, it's incredible the support that that I continue to still have, twelve years removed from BYU. To be able to have that is uh, is really really special. I don't think many universities can offer that. Now, listen, uh, you get a medal. I don't care if it's bronze, yes, silver, or gold. The, that would be so Global Gemmermania is going to be something. And, and you you hey you yes. scattered it out. We're, we can medal in this thing, right? You guys can go take gold, can't you? We, we definitely have a shot. We're up there with the best teams in the world. Obviously, we're, we, we were going in number two ranked. Um, Serbia is number one. Uh, but eight teams get into the get into the show. And how they do it is you play each team once. So And then at that point, they'll seed you. The bottom two teams will be out of the tournament. Uh, the top two teams will get a bye to the semifinals. And then the, four, the other four will play in a quarterfinals to get to the semis. So if you can get in the top two, you're already in the medal rounds. So uh, yes, that's really, that's huge. So hopefully we can do well in those seven games and, and come out and do well and be able to get to that semifinal round right away. And then it's one game and you're into the, the gold medal match. So, I mean, yeah, it's exciting to think about. And it's good TV. It's not like curling, you know, it's, it's exciting. <laughs> and yeah, I tell you what, you with space, uh, and I think Fran Fraschilla said it uh, the other day, you with space uh, – it's tough to stop you anyway, but you with space, like a couple of four or five fewer guys out on the floor, uh, it just seems to fit your game. And uh, I think that yeah. I think the world's ready to ready to watch, uh, ready to watch it's, you do that. It's absolutely great. I mean, the thing about it is, it's such a fast pace. I mean, my my wife with, um, you know, she likes she loves watching sports. She does. She's a she's a big sports fan. She watches the BYU football, basketball, whatever it is. She loves it. But she doesn't usually watch games too often unless I'm watching with her or I'm a part of it. Yeah. And it's funny because I'll be at a tournament somewhere or I'll be, you know, somewhere in another country and there'll be a three on three, on three tournament going on. And she'll be sitting there watching the three on three tournament without me in it, without any rooting interest <laughs> oh, or anything like that. That's awesome. Because she's because it's really fun to watch. It honestly is because it's such a quick pace. It's only 10 minutes or first to 21 and uh, so she's, you know, you, you watch it and kids can watch it. It's very easy to consume and just um, it's short paced. So, I mean, it's it's super fun. And I think people will like it if they watch it. Yeah, I think hey, hey, right. Jim, Dave's in trouble now because people are hitting him on the chat asking what's wrong with curling. Like he dissed <laughs> curling and people are on him already. Listen, hey, <laughs> I, I'm one of those guys that watches every single sport in the Olympics, literally, literally everything. So I we have a the U.S. curling uh I think it's the U.S. curling like facility in Littleton, Colorado. So there's so many people that are uh, enjoying curling in this area. So yeah, watch hey, what you listen. say. For, for the record, Jimmer and I are curling fans. It's listen. only Dave that hates <laughs> curling. Only Dave hates curling. curling. <laughs> the thing with curling yeah. is you can't tell if you're watching it live or in slow motion. It's just the same thing. <laughs> All right, Jim, let's finish with this one. Um, It's Christmas week. Uh, I'm sure there's a holiday buzz. I saw you. You tweeted out some videos singing Christmas carols with the kids uh, yesterday, (laughs) which was great. Let's uh, let's wrap with this. What is your favorite childhood Christmas memory? 
childhood Christmas memory. Well, the one specific one that I could think of, I, uh, my parents always did a great job of, you know, uh, getting getting presents under the tree. And I remember one specific year I asked for an infusion basketball. And I don't know if you guys remember what an infusion basketball is. I remember, is, yes. It's literally a, a basketball that's indoor, outdoor, but it had a built-in pump in the basketball. And for some reason, I wanted that thing so badly. <laughs> and I was hoping, and I woke up Christmas morning, and that was my big gift. I got an infusion basketball, and I used that thing for 10 years afterwards. Like, it was leather was torn off everything so that was my favorite gift that i got from my parents when i was younger i'm um, just loving that and then one other quick thing we always had at my my mom's house we had uh, my brother my sister and me um and there were five stockings up there um, but there was only one green stocking everything else was white so we were always fighting over who was going to get that green stocking <laughs> and uh i called it this year even i don't know if my, my so you brother still, you guys still get about it? it anymore but you still have I mean, it I, you're in colorado I and you called it i called it early this year it like <laughs> it's, October. It's, it's, it's like, like it's like calling a shotgun Mom. right like shotgun yes. a green green like stocking calling, exactly i got the green stocking i called it early for sure got it this year I think I've had it like five years consecutive because I call it super early and, uh, you know, it's <laughs> the way it awesome. works, but I'm also the youngest. So I think I have the, you know, yeah. they, uh, they allow me I to hope get that it works out for you. Repeat, People always, they don't know what true white Christmas is like. Cause they didn't grow up where you and I grew up and, I and, and Jimmer I and I, Jimmer and I know what snow is like for Christmas where we grew up. And, yes. and, and that's the one thing I miss. I feel like we don't have enough white Christmases around here back, back home in upstate New York where we grew up. Seemed like we always had a white Christmas and a white winter all winter long, right? It, it was it was white slash like dark brown and <laughs> black towards the end of it, right? Yes. So, because it just stayed there the whole time. Listen, so it started off pretty and nice, and then it would just turn dark quickly. We're guaranteed that <laughs> Rudolph's going to come through because someone's got to get through the smog. That's that we right. Got here, we got That's smog we got. here. We Holiday got smog, smog for sure. Yeah. Hey, we're, we're proud of you. We look forward to seeing you. Uh, soon here on the basketball coverage end with us on ESPN Plus and BYU TV. So give our best to Whitney and the kids. Have a Merry Christmas. We'll see you soon. Absolutely. Thanks, guys. This is fun. We'll talk to you soon. See you, Jimmer. The great Jimmer Fredette getting ready for the Olympics. And uh, I think they're going to go over and win the gold medal. And that's not just saying I hope they do because I hope they do. No, they're But they've done well enough in these tournaments to be legit going over there. And I know Serbia is tough, but yeah. they can be beat. And it's, it, those are the two best teams in the world right now. And, and the, you know, they've been playing in these tournaments. And so the U.S. is, as Jimmer pointed out, the number two seed going in. Serbia is the number one seed. Oh, they can, they can get Serbia. Yeah. So just get Jimmer the ball. Yes. Our next guest is in the business of getting kids ready for college football. Before he was a trainer, he caught 80 passes for 981 yards and three touchdowns at BYU between 2011 and 2014. Our pleasure to welcome Ross Oppo to the wise guys. Hey, Ross, you just missed Jimmer and and your careers just missed each other, didn't they? When you arrived, he was he was done, wasn't he at BYU? Um, I, I think we had a couple of years there, maybe, maybe one year there together. 2011, yeah, maybe from 10 through 14, 10 through 14. So do, do you remember Jimmer mania? Do you remember that? Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. yeah, definitely. Um, it was, it was huge on campus. Um, I remember seeing Jimmer a few times in the SAB and, um, sorry, he had some bodyguards around him at the time. <laughs> no, no, uh, no I, I think we, we only seen him like a few times in the SAB, but, uh, um, we would run into each other sometimes. So, um, yeah, it, it was it was pretty crazy at the time. Um, I think, like, social media had just kind of, you know, just kind of got going. Um, but, yeah, it blew up, and it, it 
it was awesome time. Look, you uh, you That's share that to be at BYU. You share the headlines with Jimmer on the Wise Guys tonight. That's so right. You guys are you are guys are equals oh, yeah, that's on awesome. the Wise when Guys. I, when I seen you put the post up, uh, when I seen you put the post up, I, I was like, oh, that's awesome. Uh, hopefully, I get to say hi to him. But sounds like he was uh, he was on and he was done. Yeah, he just quick. came barely though. But like you missed him by thirty seconds. So oh man, that's a bummer. I have to catch him next time. <laughs> Richard's on our live stream from Panama. So tonight we got Singapore and Panama and folks all around the world. Ready to listen to uh, Ross? What you have to say? And when 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 you watch Puka Nakua doing what he's doing as a rookie in the NFL, as a guy who gets players ready to chase their dreams, what what do you think of Puka season? Um, man, it's unreal. Um, like every time you think, okay, he broke this record, he breaks another one, um, and it's just like, you know, we we see sometimes we see things like this happen, and you just think like. I don't know if there's any more that he could do. And we talked, I think we, we, we had spoke um, when the football team was like halfway through the season. Um, and I think at that time, I think Puka just was, was just getting a whole bunch of catches. Um, he broke a couple records. And then like a few weeks later, he's in the, the, the pro football hall of fame. Yeah. Um, and then now all of a sudden he's like passing a thousand yards to receiving, you know, just like what, what, what else can this guy do? And so, um, you know, I think the Pro Bowl is next. Um, and man, he, he's just awesome. It's just awesome to see. And then he's just a great guy off of the field. Um, super happy for him and all the success he's been getting. But when you watched him here, Ross, um, I mean, we all knew he was good. And we all said, oh, yeah, he's like, he's an NFL guy. Like, he's going to play in the NFL. Um, but I don't know that any of us thought, oh, he's going to be one of the elite receivers in the NFL. And probably in the Pro Bowl as a rookie. I mean, did you see that in him? What What did you see from his college game that made you think that perhaps he could be what he is right now in the NFL? Um, yeah, from from his college game. I mean, you know, when they need to score, for example, like Boise State, what, what do you do? Just throw the ball up and and let your your playmaker go make a play. Um, I I kind of seen him like balling out the nfl but as far as like pro bowl i just wasn't sure because you know there's other guys on that team that, that are pretty good and, and not to take anything away from puka but it's like rookies they don't get rookies don't get the responsibility of motioning into a crack block or playing slot receiver then going to outside receiver and then coming in motion and, and getting a, a jet sweep um as a rookie that's just a lot to put on a guy um, and, and for Puka to go in there and, and be able to do these things like week one, um, you know, that, that says a lot. And I, I got to work a lot with him, um, like just one-on-one. Um, so I spent a lot of time with Puka, probably more time with him than anybody else that I've, that I've trained um, through my program. And um, there's a lot of years that, that we worked together. And I could honestly say, like, there's stuff that I've seen Puka do in training that I'm just like, this is unreal. Like all the, like I played with Cody, right. He's one of the best in, you know, one, one of the best receivers in, in BYU history. And I'm just like, I, I just never seen anybody do anything like this. Um, he, he just catches everything. He adjusts to the ball really well. Um, his instincts are just crazy. Um, he knows where people are at before they even get there. Um, and, and it's just stuff like that. It's just like hard to guard. Um, and it's fun to watch. Spencer Linton was down in L.A. Uh, with Puka yesterday mm-hmm. and had Puka on BYU Sports Nation earlier today. Today, And you can go there and watch that interview. Uh, same 
kid-like attitude yeah. of just just happy to be where he's at and and doing what he's doing um, Ross you're on the front lines when it comes to kids getting ready for college uh, what's impacting the process more NIL where kids can get paid or the transfer portal where they can jump schools whenever they want if they don't get what they want right away um, I would say the transfer portal um, you know NIL is like for certain people on a team you have to be a certain guy um, and if and I and I don't want to be a downer but if you if you think you're gonna get an NIL um, that's huge <laughs> unless you're a quarterback yeah. or you know you're bringing something extra to the table you're probably not um, and so you know guys that think they deserve something and they hit the portal um, and nothing really comes of it it's just like you know it's it's um, you have to be a guy right and so I would say the transfer portal is is, is huge um, as I've talked to coaches and I've asked them like hey I have this 2024 high school kid uh, no, we're looking for somebody in the portal. Who do you have in the portal that's ready to go? And I think that's what the portal has to offer us guys that are developed. Um, you don't have to put them through weights for a whole year. You don't have to redshirt them. Um, these guys are just like ready, ready to go. Um, and, and I've seen coaches kind of go for those guys more so than the high school guys. I, I kind of feel bad for, for a lot of high school kids because, you know, the, the, the portal's kind of taken over. Um, so I would say the portal more so than NIL. And you, and you didn't have to deal with that when you were coming out. I didn't have to when I was coming out of high school. Y your company is called Mile Wide Receiver, M-I-L-E Wide Receiver, yep. based in Eagle Mountain, Utah. You work with receivers, running backs, and tight ends. What advice do you give to these kids when they're considering a program? Now, it's, it's so different than what it was for you or for me when we were coming out. And so, so what do you talk to them about, and how do you help them prepare and then – then, then what do you tell them when, when they're considering where they're going to go? Um, you know, so people, <laughs> they're, they're like, why don't you tell this guy to go here or go there? And I'm like, that, that's not my job, right? My job is to give these guys good advice. And so I, I just wanted to say that to clear it up because yeah, yeah. people think I send guys to colleges, and I don't. Um, I help them, you know, make a choice. I Obviously, I help them with the skill set. Um, the biggest thing I tell guys is is the development. Um you know, where, where can you go where your skill set is not only going to be, you know, displayed um, at the full extent, but um, where, where are you going to go that's going to, uh, where are you going to go um, where coaches are going to develop you, where the program is going to develop you, where it's going to take what you do to the next level. Um, and then, you know, once they, once they find, you know, the several schools they feel like they, they fit in, okay. Now we can say, what do you want to do? You know, what do you want to do after football? What, what do you want to major in? Um, you know, stuff like that. Obviously, you know, if you're a wide receiver, which is what I deal with, tight ends, you know, who, who's the quarterback that's coming in? Um, and so the number one thing for me is like, where can you go to find that development? Because that's going to be what leads you to the NIL. That's what's going to lead you to the NFL um, is, you know, your development um, at the program. I saw you take some heat on social media for sending – some player to wait not sending because he just told you he doesn't right. send them but this was the the <laughs> misnomer in social media that you sent them i think to the utes or something about that it's like well how could you betray your byu roots by sending <laughs> a kid well you're in the business of being in business and this is your business yeah um i have guys from all over the place and it just so happened that um the tight end that i was work that i was that and i know which post you're talking about which is why i said that yeah um <laughs> the tight end that, that i had he was at ucla 
Um, he was one of the top recruits coming out of uh, coming out of Utah, um, American Fork. Uh, one of the you know one of the best tight ends to come to come out of this state, I think. Yeah. Um, you know he he decided he wanted to do something different. Ended up coming here, so you know I just congratulated him. Said I'm excited to watch him play at the U. Um, and I, th- I think it was just taken <laughs> a little bit differently. <laughs> yeah, um, and then there's a couple other <laughs> there's a couple other guys at at, uh, at the U that I'm helping that are in the portal um, currently. Yeah. That I'm helping uh, helping them find a place. Hey, sometimes BYU fans are a little sensitive, but they all are, no matter what well, team and, you're cheering and, and for. And Ross is a little bit like me. Like you didn't grow up with a rivalry. You know, you grew up down in Texas, and like you didn't know anything about this. And when you get here, um, there's lots of guys that train together in in the summer yeah. at different like at Ross's place or wherever it is, um, and they they get along with one another, and the fans want to kill each other, and the play, <laughs> the players are actually like respectful of one like another. We work out. out together, right? It's it's an interesting dynamic, isn't it, Ross? Right. Yeah. I mean, the guys they work out together, and then it's like they see the fans going back and forth, and then you know, one uh, a Utah guy might have to tell us the the fans like, "Hey, you guys just relax. Uh, he's a good guy." Um, <laughs> yeah. It, it, it's like the, the the players are on one level, the fans are just on a whole different level. It's it's, it's pretty uh, entertaining to watch. I, I remember when Britain was playing up at the U. Now with the Eagles Britain and playing, Britain would come down, and he was playing on a softball team down here in the summer with my son Gavin. And with Danny Sorensen, with all these BYU guys. And people are like, what? Why are you letting that Ute on your softball team? And they're like, because he's been our friend forever. Like, he's, like he's, he's, he's really base. good. It's crazy. Former BYU oh. receiver Ross Oppo on the Wise Guys, live on YouTube, Facebook, Twitch, and YSGuys.com all around the world tonight. The transfer portal is open until January 2nd. Then it's going to open again April 16th through April 30th. So far, BYU's receiving core has remained intact. Chase Roberts, Cody Epps, Parker Kingston, Darius Lassiter, Keelan Marion, all expected back. How do you feel about this group? Um, you know, I think as the season went on, um, or actually, I, I know, as the season went on, they just kept getting better and better. Um, and it's just like when when you bring in new guys, and we've seen this more so with, like, the, the offensive line, right? When you're replacing guys and you're bringing, you know, new guys in and quarterbacks and receivers, it's like, it, it takes a while for these guys to get on the same page. Um, it might take a few a few games for these guys to get on the same page. And I think um, a lot of people forget the chemistry part yeah. um, that goes into it. And it's like you can have all of the talent, um, but if there's no chemistry, like the talent really doesn't matter um, because you're just not on the same page where, you know, like Max Holland, Dennis Pitt, and Max, you just throw the ball up in the air and, you know, have trust that Dennis was going to show up in the spot. And it's like – Things like that, um, and so I think the uh, the receivers going into this next season, um, they're they're just going to get better. They're just going to get better. I think the sooner, you know, BYU decides on a QB or finds one, where wherever they are in the process, um, those guys just need to start getting to work. But as far as the receivers being together, uh, man, that's that's the best thing that that uh, that they can have this off season. You know, to that really solid group, they're they're adding um, former four star receiver Cody Hagen. And then Dominique McKenzie back from church missions. I know you're familiar with both of those guys. Um, what, what, what do you expect from those guys? Of course, uh, Hagen played at Corner Canyon. was a big star there. And then McKenzie out of Pineview. His brother was with the team this last year. Yeah. One of the fastest players in the history of the state of Utah. Going to come join that receiving core. What, what do you expect from those two as they join the program? Speed. 
yeah. <laughs> more, you know, the speed that's needed. Um, you know, they, I, I think, you know, the, those, two, those two guys coming in, um, they're going to be able to push the pace, right, for the older guys and even some of the younger guys uh, that are on the team. Uh, and I think, you know, guys that come in that are fast and, and they're, you know, Cody's pretty polished. Um, you know, guys that come in and they're polished, um, you know, it, it only makes, you know, not only the team better, but especially like the core, um, the wide receiver core better. Because now, you know, people got to figure out, like, what can I do, you know, to to not like overshadow his speed, but what can I do with myself, you know, to to show that I have, you know, as much value as a guy that's, I think he was running like a 10 500 something crazy yeah he yeah. runs both he runs david both those guys run 10 5 it's crazy yeah yeah and it's just like you know what what can i do to to kind of put myself on that level even though i don't have the speed and you know the the competitive greatness in in the room it's just gonna it's just gonna rise with uh with guys that um like cody we asked uh marcus i was doing a pregame interview with him for a game day during the season uh marcus mckenzie that that if the last slice of pizza was at the goal line and he and Dominique were 100 yards away, who would get that slice of pizza? Yeah. He thought he would. Uh, when talking to his dad, his dad wasn't quite sure. Well, his, dad, his dad said if it, was, if it was 40 yards away, Dominique was like one of the fastest people, period, anywhere, and 40, and that, and that Marcus might stretch out and get top end and get the 100, but it would be really, really close. That's a nice argument when you got two guys that fast, right? Right. <laughs> or or it would depend on the, the pizza, what type of pizza it was. And then now you have different speeds when it comes to that. Oh, yeah. Now you, you just raised the bar right there. Former Cougar Ross Oppo on the Wise Guys tonight. Back in 2009, he decommitted from Texas. That's right. To sign with BYU. Next fall, Texas is going to kick off in the SEC. And BYU is going to begin its second season in the Big 12. And then you got UCLA and USC, Washington, and Oregon. They're going to be over in the Big 10, which disintegrated the Pac-12. Is all this movement going to make college football stronger or weaker? Um, oh, man, that, that's, that's a good question. Um, you know, I feel like the SEC is just going to be the SEC um, regardless. Um, you know, I... Man, it, 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 it's hard. It's hard for me to say, um, you know, it, it sucks to see the, the Pac-12 kind of dissolve. Um, but, you know, as long as as long as they just keep the, the strength and the competition strong in, in each uh, conference, um, I, I mean, I don't, I don't really see an issue. Um, it's sad to see Texas, um, you know, leave. Um, but it, it's uh, I, I think I think this this shakeup here um, will kind of challenge teams. Um and you know bring out bring out a new competitiveness so uh, it, it's hard to say if it's going to make it you know better or worse i i just uh, i i'm just always excited for football regardless <laughs> who's playing to be honest well <laughs> one thing we all can get excited about is the fact that this whole shakeup brings utah and byu back together on an annual basis as conference foes what's your thought on that oh that's awesome um i mean that's a game you know that 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 we we stay up the night before we wake up early for whatever you want to say um man that that's an exciting game i've been waiting for it um you know we've we've had how many years off when was the last year um well let's see the, the last conference year would have been what 13 years ago yeah, but yeah. the last game was 2 years ago when BYU beat them here right but it has been like 6 or six, it hasn't been an every year thing yeah mm. 
Yeah, no, I'm, I'm excited um, because, you know, the, uh, like I said, we, we, we see the fans go back and forth, not so much like the players, um, but the fans. And it's like, why don't we just settle it? We're going to play this year. So, <laughs> you know, now, now, they, now they get to have their bragging rights um, after every year. Oh, yeah, and that's something. Yes, it is. I think it's going to be great. It's going to yeah. liven up Thanksgiving like, uh, like it used to be that we've, we've forgotten about. And as Ross and I pointed out, it's intense on the field because you want to beat your friends, but it's really intense in the stands. That's, that's where the real intensity comes. <laughs> oh, definitely, definitely. I'm, I'm excited for it. I'm definitely excited. Ross, what you're about to participate in is in one of the wise guys' traditions that we do with all our guests. It's called Five Questions. This one's called Five Questions for Ross. Blaine will ask him. We, we don't anticipate a lot of deep thought no, on you this. Just, whatever pops fire, in your head, you say. Rapid fire responses. You ready? Okay. And it's very important stuff, like starting with number one. He seems somewhat hesitant. Like he seems he's like he's sure nervous he, about this. Sure but, getting into. but every oh. everybody's <laughs> had, everybody's oh, had to do it. Like Jimmer, Jimmer, the first time Jimmer came on, he like everybody had to do it. Governor Herbert no, had to do I'm, it. I'm so. good. I'm, all, I'm always relaxed. I'm always Danny relaxed. Ainge was thinking about his answers. Yeah. We're like, dude, this like, is only Danny, a two-hour show. Come on. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> okay, so, here we go. Here we go. Your favorite sports movie? Remember the Titans. Okay, that's the. That's I think that's our one. most popular one. It's one of the great football movies. Yes, it is. It just is. And I'm with you. That's my favorite as well. So, um, Number two, your favorite singer or band? Uh, I miss hard because I know it's like... I, like like some Brian McKnight. <laughs> Brian McKnight, like back at one, yeah. Brian McKnight. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Man, right, he went he first. went old school. I I had him pegged as a Drake guy. No, he's going but, to Brian oh, McKnight. Oh, no, but, but Brian, I had a few old school names. But Brian <laughs> McKnight is old school. I'm very impressed with that one. Way hey, to go of the of the I don't know how many hundreds of interviews. This is the first Brian McKnight. So you're breaking new ground nice. here on the show. Nice. Yeah, unforgettable that we should be together. I have to sing every week on the show, but that's it. Okay, your favorite breakfast cereal. This is important. Honey Bunches of Oats. Okay. Nice. That's, right. that's, we've had that maybe once or twice before. Dave, Dave's is Captain Crunch, by the way. Um, oh, man. Yeah. shouldn't shock you. Just, a, just straight Captain Crunch, not yeah. even with the Crunch Berries. So mine's Cinnamon oh. Life, but... Um, but I, I can respect Honey Bunches of Oats. Your favorite receiver, any level? Randy Moss. Randy Moss. Let me tell mossed. you about Randy Moss. Remember that uh, year he lit up the Cowboys when he was the Vikings yeah. on Thanksgiving? <laughs> he mossed oh, multiple, multiple people. He was game. on my fantasy team that day. It was one of the greatest days in the history of the McCann Fantasy Football League. I think he had like 70 points. <laughs> Because oh, Dallas yeah. couldn't guard him. And who was it? Randall Cunningham just back up and just chuck it as far as he could. Yep. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. So, okay, your favorite BYU memory, and I'm going to give you the cat. It doesn't have to be a football memory. Like, any memory you had at BYU, football or not, we want to know what it is. Man, I I would probably say, um, you know, meeting my wife there um, was was awesome. Um, You know, out out of all the football stuff and and, and school. Ross, um, how did that go down? Yeah, tell us about that. um, So... At the time, um, O'Neal, uh, O'Neal Chambers, he was a receiver there yeah. um, from Florida. And then Kyle, Kyle Vatnoy was, uh, he was my other roommate. Um, you know, O'Neal took us to go swimming and uh, my wife was there and, and a couple other soccer girls were there. And, uh, that's when we first met. And uh, yeah, ever since then, we just, did we she, just been Did she out. have you at hello? Yeah, did she did, have you did, at did hello? Jessica, did she buy in right away? 
Or did you have she her at hello? As soon as we walked in the in the um, into the gate, as soon as I seen her at the gate, she had me. I was like, "That's that's a done deal." Uh, she's tall. Uh, she she was an all American, and I was just like, "Oh yeah, this is a done deal." I love that. Did you have to but, work at yeah, it? Yeah. How much it? did you like? Was it a done deal for her, or did it take a little? Like you had to sell her a little bit. Oh man, it, it, it took forever. Um, I I didn't know if she if she would ever fall for me, but. You know, I, I just stayed uh, just stayed consistent at it. Uh, same thing I tell the guys, right? You want something, stay consistent. Stay after it, stay oh, consistent. <laughs> That's where it's live. You, yeah, put, you put the work in, right? Put the work in. Yeah, how, had to put the work in. How, how long did you date before you convinced her that, that you should get married? Oh, man, we, sheesh, we dated. We almost dated for like a year and a half, maybe. Yeah, we dated for a while. Yeah. Um, because she was still playing soccer, I was still playing football. Yeah. And so it, it would have been a little, you know, difficult to get married, to, you know, through it all. But, um, yeah, we, we dated for a while. Now we have two girls. That's awesome. Uh, I, I should know this. Where, where's, where's she from? I forgot where she's from, Russ. Um, from Sandy. So yeah, she's she from Sandy. Break. That's where at BYU is where a, a girl from Sandy can meet a boy from Texas and they can live happily ever after, right? Oh man, I, I never thought, but yeah, you're, you're on point with that. Yep. <laughs> how did the, uh, how'd the engagement go down? What'd you uh, do? Um, so I just told her I was going back home. Um, and, and I actually didn't. Good thing they didn't have like find my friends on the iPhone yet, or else she would have seen that I wasn't on an airplane. Um, and then I just told her, her family, her, her best friends, um, you know, to, to meet outside of a restaurant. Um, and so, you know, they, they all went out to eat and then it, you know, I just came around the corner. Um, it wasn't anything too exciting at the time. Now, you know, there's, there's all these videos of, of cool things going on. Mine wasn't that cool, but it got the job done. Good. Well, we all, we all, um, outkicked our coverage and we all, because we came to Utah to BYU, yeah. like I was thinking about Kyle Van Noy, like he, he's so far over his head with Marissa. <laughs> and if he wasn't here, if he wasn't here, he would have never found her. That's true. Right? Kyle knows this. <laughs> Kyle knows that Marissa's so far over his head. I'm surprised his nose doesn't bleed every day. He's so far oh, over oh. his head with Marissa. And frankly, we, frankly, we are too, Ross. So there you go. <laughs> we had Kyle on the show. We told him that too. And he didn't, you know, no, he, he, knows, didn't, he didn't deny it. He knows it. this is, this no. is it. Hey, let's finish with a bonus question. Uh, so uh, what's Christmas time like around the uh, Oppo residence with, uh, with your wife? Now, a, a, couple, of, a couple of kids. Uh, what, what, uh, what do you like most about this time of year? Oh, man. Um, you know, watching, watching, uh, watching my daughters open their, their gifts is, is like there, there's nothing like it. And, you know, it's like when you try to explain that to somebody that doesn't have kids, it's just hard. Yeah. to explain but you know just watching them be you know be grateful of the things they're getting um especially things i didn't get growing up or things i didn't have yeah. um just watching them be, to be able to 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 get those things and then you know obviously we get i get i take time off um you know i make my own schedule so uh, i make sure and take a take a, a good amount of time off to to spend with the family that that time is just irreplaceable that's awesome. Ross, where, where can people go to get more information on, um, on how to get uh, hooked up with training with your company? Um, they could just go to rossoppo.com, um, fill out um, one of the, the, the what, what would I call it? Um, not a questionnaire. Um, Is it like a profile application profile? Yeah, kind of yeah, like a profile application. That's what you would call it. Um, yeah, they can go on there, fill it out. Um, it, it'll go to my email, um, and then I'll just reach back out to them. Or through social media, through my Twitter, okay. um, at Ross Alpo uh, underscore easy. 
Hey, we're proud of you. Have a Merry Christmas, and we, uh, we'll get you back on the show before we kick off in August. How's that? Oh, I'm, I'm excited for that, definitely. And you guys have a Merry Christmas as well. Thanks for having me on. Thanks, Ross. Ross. Great to talk to you, brother. Yeah. Hey, and say Problem. hi to Jessica for us. For sure. Will do. Thank All right, you. See you, man. Ross yeah. Oppo, he, ra- he raises, trains. You, you, you want to you wanna go to college and, and you got skills. Uh, here's a guy, uh, Will Snowden's another guy that's been on the yep. show. These are, these are guys that can can help you get to the next level. And they're doing, they're doing a lot of good things to help kids. And they, you know, they pay attention. I know Ross does this. You mentioned Will. Will does this. They pay a lot of attention to helping these kids be well-rounded too. So it's not just about, they coach them up on, here's the things you need to be doing off the field. And, you know, uh, and this is the mentality you need to have. And this is what you need to do in school. And so they're, they're providing these, these kids with a, a focus on all the right things to help them progress and go live their dream and go play college football. I think you said it best. There's a, there's a, a kid from Texas can meet a, come to BYU and meet a girl from Sandy and live happily ever hey, after. Jim, like Jimmer, a kid from upstate New York can come to Provo and meet a cheerleader <laughs> from, Colorado. from Colorado and they live happily ever after. It's where a kid from upstate New York named Blaine can meet a cougarette from from Utah, and they can live happily there's, ever after. There's like 10 million yeah. stories I can, like I, that. I, That's great. Every story's like that, and uh, it's a great place. Um, and all of us will go, the best thing that we ever did was that. Michael right? from Katy, Texas is on the yeah. Wisecast. Yeah, all right. Hey, let's get to the Cougar Board question of the week, and then we're going to jump into uh, what's going on with a handful of other sports. Yes. If you got questions for us, yeah, lay them put on, them on the chat. This is yeah, the pre-holiday We did answer special. a couple. Like somebody asked, well, what's wrong with curling? We addressed that. I, John, I apologize for Dave's actions. I don't even have enough time to talk about what's so, wrong with curling. But um, but somebody mentioned about um, Mackenzie and Dominique, and we, we talked about Dominique yeah. with Ross. I think we've, we've gotten everything that anybody's really asked right now. Um, so we'll, anything you got, throw out there. Well, hopefully we can get to it. All right, so here's the Cougar Board question of the week, and I think a lot of people are asking about this, and a lot of people are going to watch Friday night's game mm-hmm. between BYU and Bellarmine for the answer. Um, and if you're not familiar with Cougar Board, it's the largest online community of BYU fans with thousands of posts daily, um, and when we're on there quite a bit too, and some people post nice things about us, and sometimes people post things that... That aren't, but that's fine. That's the world we're in, and we welcome it. So, uh, the question is from uh, insider subscriber user named Dilbert, and here it is. You ready? I'm ready for it. Uh, do you think there's any risk in the addition of Adams and Baker uh, into the rotation? Marcus Adams is the freshman who transferred from Kansas, went over to Gonzaga, took a look, and came here. Uh, and he just got cleared by way of the uh, court ruling that cleared everybody for the season who's waiting for the, a multi-transfer right. uh, waiver. Uh, and then Dawson Baker, who transferred over from Irvine, uh, who has had a foot issue all summer, fall, and is just now back to where he's healthy enough to make his debut, which he did the other night, scored six points. And okay. looked really good, by the way. So that's the context of this. Uh, do you think there's any risk that the addition of Adams and Baker into the rotation could disrupt the great chemistry that this team has? And what do you think needs to be done to minimize any such risk? And then Dilbert goes on, how difficult is it to make those changes without disrupting the chemistry? And whose minutes change the most with the return of those two, plus Foose as well? We expect Foose to be back in time for those first couple of opponents in the Big 12, uh, January 6th, maybe, January 9th at Baylor, probably. So those are the loaded questions. 
Yeah, that's all. You know what? And those are all, like, I don't know that anybody knows the answers to all of that. And I think Mark Pope has some some concern about the same things that Dilbert has some some concerns about, right? Like, because the chemistry's been so good, and he's figured out the rotations, and everybody's not complaining. Even Jackson Robinson, who's the leading scorer on the team, is not complaining about coming off the bench, bench, right? Because he's playing 24, 25 minutes off the bench, right? So, So you saw Dawson Baker. And just got a little glimpse. Really skilled. If he's 100% healthy, he's a huge asset. Um, and, you know, we, we've talked about this. Dutch um, Brian Dutcher from San Jose told us he, he may be the best shooter on the team, which yeah. is crazy because this is a team full of shooters, right? Right. So you got to find minutes for him. Where do his minutes come? Just a little from multiple guys, right? A, a little from Trevin Nell, a, a, a little from Trey Stewart, you know, which Trey's not playing a ton of minutes right now, but a little from Trey Stewart. Um, a little from Dallin yeah, Hall because he can play Hall, yeah. the point. Yeah, and so I, I don't think that anybody loses a bunch of minutes because he can kind of fill in and you can ro- you can rotate him in. Now, if you, if he comes in and he's got a hot hand, then he stays Th- then in. Then he stays in more minutes. Like, yeah. you earn minutes on the floor by how you're playing, right? And that's yeah. a nice thing to have. And he's also a, a pretty good defender. So, um, Foose, that's not that tough. Like, Foose was already there. Um Atiki's minutes go down a little bit. He'll still come in and play some defense. Khalifa will be affected a little bit, um, but you could put both of them on the floor the way yeah. he distributes the basketball. And, yeah, Khalifa could play the five and Fus could play the four, which then that affects Waterman a little bit, Yeah. right? But but again, there's enough minutes to go around, and you're going to find minutes for Fus because he's a dominant force. When you throw the ball into the post to Fus, people have to double team. But what it does allow you to do is when you have different kinds of matchups, um, where you need to play more athletic out on the perimeter and you have to go guard teams out on the perimeter, you play Waterman a little bit more and Foose doesn't play as much, right? Or Tiki doesn't play as much. You play Khalifa, who can chase out to the perimeter. Where, where it gets tricky is with Adams. Adams is the tricky one, and that's exactly right. The, the thing with Adams is um, he's had that ankle injury, and so uh, he's not in the kind of shape he wished he would be in. He's not in the kind of shape we will see him in. Uh, right now, he just has had maybe three or four practices with the team. He's like, not, he's not like ready for the team for extended minutes, right, Dave? You, I no. mean, we've watched him in practice. He's but he's got a gift. He is unbelievably explosive and strong. Yeah. Meaning, he is a big dude that can get off the floor. He's the kind of guy, and we don't say this often, uh, but he's the kind of guy that won't be here for four years. And it's not because he's going to another school. It's, it's because he's going to go to the NBA. Now, uh, is it a year? Is it a two? Is it a three? Nobody knows. But this is why, one, they're being careful with him, and this is why they're so excited to have him, because he is a, he is a Colin Chandler-type Right, and they get, they get Colin back next year. Game-changing type player, and, and we don't want to put too much on him, but, but we can tell you this. We've been in practice. Yeah. Uh, we watched him shoot. We've watched him dunk. We've watched him smile I thought, and get I around. Gonna, I thought he was going to pull the and, rim out of the backboard on and, one of his dunks. And he screams, this guy's going to be good. It's going to take some time. Even Mark Pope told us, hey, give me six months with this guy. And he's, he's, and he's, he's said, an elite Yeah, he's guy. an elite player in six months. But here's the thing. It's almost a blessing that he's had this injury and that he's a little bit like, he probably needs to lose 15, 20 pounds, yeah. right? So he knows that too. So he's not going to go, oh, I just got cleared. So you need to play me 25 minutes a game. He, he doesn't have that expectation. That's almost a blessing for Mark Pope because he can say, we've got to ease you in and we've got to get you in shape. We're gonna, we're, you're going to play yourself into shape. Your minutes can increase. So it's not a problem he needs to worry about right now. 
It's it's a problem um, if it becomes a problem halfway through the season when he's in good shape and he's playing himself into minutes. And you know what? And then it doesn't become a problem because if he's increasing minutes and he's increasingly productive, the other player's going to go, oh, okay, that dude's really good. He deserves 18 minutes. The challenge for Adams, I see, moving forward is he's going to play a little bit on Friday night, we anticipate. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to see a lot more of Dawson on Friday night. We do know that because Mark said you know, he wanted to give him a taste the other night. He ended up and playing eight more. and a half minutes yeah. and then figure out how he fits into the rotation. And also, uh, his foot's got to feel better now that he's been And he, can, he needs to play more minutes. and then he can still not- do a medical redshirt if the foot doesn't quite feel right. Right. He needs to play more minutes on Friday. And then if it doesn't swell on Saturday, then he needs to play more minutes the next week against yeah. Wyoming. And the challenge for Adams is you got Bellarmine, okay, and then you got Wyoming at home on December 30th. And then you get into Big 12 play where uh, rotations might tighten right. as opposed to stay loose and where you're not in an opportunity to go, hey, why don't you go in and let's just go see what happens. Go take four minutes um, where you can do that against Bellarmine. You can't do it against Baylor. Right. And you know what? Mark may end up thinking, wait a minute. All of these guys can play. I have 10 guys or nine guys. Typically, a rotation is eight, right? I actually have 10. So you know what? I'm going to play 10, and we're going to press all over the floor. Because rarely do you have 10 guys that you trust that, that you could put in where you could press a higher percentage of the time. And maybe that, you know, they're running down the floor and shooting threes and defending and pressing. If he really has 10 guys that are equal, maybe we see him do that a little bit more. Um, remember, Adams played the three and the four, mostly probably the four, right, at 6'8". At, at in high school for sure because yeah, he's just dominant. Right. Um, and so really Baker plays the he could play the one, two, and three. Yeah. Right? He could play the one, two, and three. So he's different. But think about the bench. Foose is a four, five. Right now on the bench, you got, you got uh, Robinson. You got Baker. You've got Richie Saunders, who might be the MVP. He's playing great. Uh, you've got uh, Foose, who's on the end of the bench, getting, getting yeah. better. Uh, Atiki's playing off the bench. You got Atiki. Then you got Adams. Now you're 11. Now you got 11 guys. Because yeah. remember, you have five already out there. And um, that's a lot. That's a lot when only five can be on the floor. And I'm just fascinated to see. This is a problem we didn't anticipate. And, uh, but it's here, and it's a really good problem to have. But now you got to deal with it. Which coach was it that told us he thought this was the most talented team Mark had because of the depth? I can't remember which coach we talked to. But one of the coaches, it wasn't Dutch and it wasn't Jonas. I can't remember which it was, game it was. It was. Evan, was it Evansville's coach? It was Evansville's coach, I yeah. think it was. Said this, I, this is, look, as looking on film, this looks like the most talented team Mark's had. So we asked Mark. We told him the Evansville coach said it's the most talented team. And Mark's like, I've had some more stars. Like his first year. Right. He goes, second. But, but he goes, I don't know if I've ever had more guys that can play. Like, so he's admitting, like, I've never had 11 dudes this good. He's had really, really high-level top couple of guys, and then next level, and then next level, where he's like, I've got 11 guys. Yeah. And right now he doesn't have a superstar, although Jackson Robinson's starting to play like one. Starting right? to get some NBA right. traction. Right. And, and he so, should. He's shooting yeah. lights out. And and he's got guys like Adams can be that kind of guy. Colin Chandler is an NBA talent. Um, and, and I don't throw that out lightly. Like, people were talking to me back when they had, you know, Haas and – and Mika and all these guys, and I was just like, uh the dude. These from- are these are borderline NBA guys. They're not like so yeah. so I don't just go, oh, this is an NBA guy, but but Mark's got some NBA guys now. 
Possibly. They got to pro- progress, right? Yeah. But they've got the, like, think about Jackson Robinson. He's an NBA a prototypical. He's six seven with a seven foot wingspan, that almost a, almost a forty inch vertical jump that can shoot that has tremendous lateral. And that's a great attitude, right? That's that you know, and he needs to get a little meaner and a little more intense to play at that level. But physically, he can play at that level. And BYU hasn't had a lot of guys where they come in and you go, yeah, that that's like an NBA body guy right there. Colin Chandler is a 6'5 point guard that has phenomenal handles that can shoot it from as deep as you want him to throw, shoot it. And then if you push up on him, he's going to cross you over and go into the rim. And if there's a seven-footer there, he's going to elevate up over the top of him and throw it down two heads on top of it, two hands on top of his head. Maybe not right after he returns no, from his mission, but, but soon after. But, but, but that's what I'm talking yeah. about, right? That like they have some athleticism that they haven't had. Even Noah Waterman, it's 6'11". He's reminding me a lot about of, of Freddie Roberts, only maybe a better shooter from the outside. Now, he's got a long ways to go to be Fred Roberts, who played in the NBA for a number of years. But he is the leading rebounder. But he's 6'11", and he's bouncy, and he can shoot it, and he can handle the ball in space, and he can run the floor and finish. Um, think about BYU over the years. How many times? They don't have a lot of guys like that, and all of a sudden they've got a bunch of them. Adams is 6'8", extremely strong, and when he loses the weight he needs to lose, because even with the weight on, he can jump out of the gym. Yeah. They don't get guys like that very often. So Friday night at 7 o'clock Mountain Time on ESPN+, Plus, BYU and Bellarmine will be on the call, and we'll all watch this together. And we are excited to see I want to see Dawson Baker Adams. play some more. We're yeah. excited to see <laughs> Baker, and we're excited to see this team, which is number one in the country, in shooting threes and making threes. And their bench is number two in the country, averaging 40 points a game. And they're going to get some more with Baker and, and company. And then uh, um, they're also among the best in the country in defending the three. Yeah, they get out and, and they're they, rebounding. They're there on the catch, and they're really good. And their offensive rebounding prowess, the way that the strategy they're using, this wedge rebounding, is uh, is getting it done. And you and I, like all these shooters, and then you and I have been watching Baker in practice the last couple of practices. Mm-hmm. And we keep looking at each other going, wow, this dude can shoot it. Yeah, he has, he, a, he even he has a beautiful shot. He's been on a mission to Guam. He he gets it all. He 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 loves being here. And and uh, you know, he, hey, do you still have your shot? Yeah. Well, yeah, we said because he you know he'd been slowed by his foot, but that didn't affect his shot. I said, are you still shooting it? He goes, yeah. And then I go, are you shooting it great? And he kind of pauses. He's like, yeah, I'm shooting it great. He is shooting <laughs> it great. He's got it. You know, the way he shot again, it was a three quick buckets, but there's a. The guys who are shooters look like shooters. Yes, they do. And uh, and he looked. Dilbert, I hope you enjoyed the world's longest answer. Yeah, that answer. was the longest answer we've ever had That's in the, the Cougar Wise Guys history. But it got us into a, and a good topic because this oh, basketball yeah. team is playing at such a phenomenal level. And it's, it's fun It's fun to talk about them because, frankly, it surprised all of us. Like, I, we had, I had no idea they were going to be this good. And will, like, as Jimmer said, will it hold up in the Big 12? Well, I was thinking if they could win like 25% of their games in the Big 12 at home, that was going to be great. And I think what Jimmer threw out there is like, they could go 500 in the Big 12. Why not? Which would be phenomenal. Why not? They're a tough team. What makes them a good team and what makes them a tournament team, they have to maintain it for sure. But when you have a team that plays defense, that's committed to that, that rebounds, is committed to that, that has a slew of shooters that if they leave you, if you leave them open, they'll make shots. And yet, they're the, and they're also the number one assist team in the country, which means they'll pass up a good shot for a better shot. 
That's how you win games in college. Well, and, and here's the thing. So they go up and they lose at Utah. And everybody's like, oh. First of all, and, you never want to lose to the Utes. No, you don't want to, right? But, but I look at that game and went back and watched it again. And I'm going, okay, here's what I take out of that game that's really positive. Because remember, they've played teams as good as Like North Carolina State's as good as Utah. San Diego State's better than Utah, right? right? They had a terrible shooting night. And you're gonna, that's why nobody goes undefeated. Like, who's the last team that went undefeated? Uh, Indiana. Right. 1975, right. 76. It just doesn't happen because yeah. there's going to be a night when you shoot it like crap. And BYU shot it like crap up there. You know what, though? They had the ball at the end of the game with a chance to tie or win the game yeah. on the last possession of the game. And so I came out of there and went, oh, this is good because last year if they couldn't shoot it, they got killed. And last, last year when they couldn't shoot it, they got by, t beat by teams that had no business even being on the floor with them. This year, they shot it like crap, and they had a chance to win the game at the end of regulation and, and turn the ball over. But I'm like, okay, they understood that they had to go defend. They had to rebound. They got a bunch of offense support. They did all the things to stay in the game when they were shooting it like crap. That's the difference between the last couple of years and this year's squad. That gives me hope that they can win more games. So I wrote this article uh, in the Desert News today, and that just reminded me of a, of a stat that I'm going to go right here. Um, when compared to the last 11 games of last season, uh, BYU's disappointing 5-6 and six finish, they had 134 assists. During the 10-1 and one start, the first 11 games this season, with basically the same guys, they have 237. Amen. There you go. And, and Tim, Far Tim Farmer on the chat says, I love how well this team plays together. Great teams play unified. It's fun. It is fun. It's fun to watch. It was a great vibe in the building the other day. Yeah. And, and, and you know what? By the way, there's some holiday deals. Tickets are high this year in the Big 12. Prices are high. But for Bellarmine and Wyoming, there's some holiday deals. Yeah, we can get, get in, in there and watch them cheaper. in person. It's and fun. It, it, it's, uh, and then, you know, it's just, they're, they're just raining threes the whole game. Yeah, and, and, and then and Linda Murray says, can you imagine Colin Chandler added to this lineup? Yeah, because you know what? Almost everybody's back. <laughs> yeah. Almost everybody's back yeah. next year. All right, a couple other things going on on campus. Women's basketball, they're 9-2. and two. I called that overtime game the other day. Yeah. Crazy. They were down by, they were, it was like they had no chance. They, it was a really weird game. Idaho State was up by, what, 16, yeah. 13? And I'm just like, Idaho State. You know, Amber, Amber called a timeout, and they went to a full-court press. And, and Idaho State couldn't manage the pressure. They got a bunch of steals. They came back in the game. They took the momentum. They get into overtime, and they won the thing. 79-76. Lauren Gustin had uh, 18 points and 21 rebounds. The story is Kaylee Smiler. Oh, yeah. Her family was visiting from New Zealand, the only game they could see uh, in person. Um, she got a cut to the head in the first half, goes into the locker room, big gash in her head, uh, they take eight staples. I don't know if they used a stapler nope. or what. Just no, they, they have a little staple gun. And staple she, gun. And she, they boom, didn't numb boom, it. Boom, Eight staples without any numbing agent to close the gag. She's like, it was like a scene from Rocky 1 where uh, Rocky's like, cut me, Mick. Yeah. And then, <laughs> you, well, I will never. Like, she's insane. the toughest player I've ever seen. So they staple her up. She goes back out. She finishes with 17 points. She's the reason they get back in the game. Back to back threes when they were down. And afterwards, she said, uh, why well, had to get back in the game for her family? And, and she I, was very I, emotional during the postgame. Yeah, interview. I think that I don't think her family's seen her play college basketball. Amazing. They made the trek from New Zealand. This is the one game they got to see her play. She's like, no. It's like, it, you're right, on Rocky, cut me, Mick. Just cut, yeah. He's like, what can we do? Well, we can staple it, but we don't, you know. Just do it. I got to get back me. out there. Just staple me then. That's just You tough. kidding me right now? 
That is tough. I would cry my eyes out like a baby. And she may have cried, but but she wasn't crying when she came back out. I, I would, I, I yeah, I'd be more injured from the staples that than was the a, gashing wound. When she showed us on the post, you know, she came and did an interview yeah. with us on the post game, and she showed it right right here in her hairline. Staples, like a whole row of them. Crazy. Un- unbelievable. One of the best stories of the year. This week, uh, BYU's at the Lady Bear Classic in Springfield, Missouri. So Wednesday... They're at Missouri State, the host school, and that's at 1.30 Mountain Time on ESPN Plus mm-hmm. and on BYU Radio with Jason Shepard. And then Thursday, they play Nevada at 11 a.m. Mountain Time, and that's on BYU Radio with Shep. Right. And then women's volleyball, final ranking, 18. That came out today. Yeah. So, so they've been in the top 18 for 10 years. And that's according to Jeremy Jordan, by the way. That's, that's incredible. Yeah. We talk about... We talk about soccer's achievements, and, and football speaks for itself in the, over, the, over the years. And here comes basketball, and, and, uh, and women's volleyball has been ranked 18 or higher for 10 straight years, yeah. week in and week out. It's, it's just amazing. So 25-7, 13-5 in the Big 12, 13-2 at the Smithfield House. Big announcement that Erin Livingston um, said she'll return for her final year. That's huge. Yeah. She's a phenomenal athlete. Better than her husband, who played safety at BYU. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, she can jump. She can jump. She's, she's intense. Yeah, I, I love watching Erin play, and she'll be back. She was first team all Big 12 this this past year, and she's, she's back to play. She can go for All-American. Yep. And by the way, Texas beat Nebraska. So, you know, BYU lost a couple of games down there. I guess that's not too embarrassing when they're the back-to-back national champs. Right, and, and Texas is leaving. Yeah. The best two things Texas did, decided to leave and then actually they're are leaving. actually leaving. <laughs> Men's volleyball, they're ranked number three in the MPSF coaches poll behind Stanford and UCLA. By the way, the home opener is Friday and Saturday, January 5th and 6th at 7 p.m. against Ball State on BYU TV. And you'll, you'll get men's volleyball on BYU TV because – just for a clarification, men's volleyball is not in the Big 12. Right. It's the only sport that's not. They're in the best conference in college volleyball. It's the MPSF, Mountain Pacific Sports Federation. Um, and that's where all the great, not every great team, because Penn State's good and Loyola's good, um, who they're playing. But but you're talking the whole West Coast and Hawaii, all in that league together with them, all the Cal schools and UCLA and Stanford. And, and that's right where they belong. Yep. Uh, and yep. they compete with that. And the and, field house will be rocking uh, for men's volleyball. And you'll be able to see a lot of them on BYU TV. And, and frankly, BYU and men's volleyball, um, yeah, they're number three preseason. They have a chance to win the national championship this year. They always do. This is a cool time of year because there's a lot of football games. I watched one today. Had some, I think it was the Toast Bowl or the Toastery Bowl. Anyway, it went into overtime and... And Western Kentucky won it. And I'm just like, why am I watching this because game? Because you do. Because you can. <laughs> so 11 bowl games over the next seven days. And we picked a, a couple that are notable. The Gasparilla Bowl has a UCF from the Big 12 uh, taking on Georgia Tech. In the Vegas Bowl, it has Utah, who's going to the Big 12, taking on Northwestern. I don't know what the over-under is. It might be 12. Yeah, because nobody has a quarterback. Nobody has a quarterback. Nobody (laughs) scores. Um, That's down in Vegas. And then the uh, Idaho Potato Bowl, Utah State's playing Georgia State. Georgia State was here playing basketball basketball. the other night. They're both six and six teams. And um, I'm not sure who's going to watch that besides the Georgia State fans. 
the Utah State fans and you and me. Yeah, we'll watch it. But we'll watch it because that's what we do. Yeah. So uh, anyway, and then once we get past next week, the games start to get a little bit bigger. Yeah. The NFL, this is it. This is the big time for the NFL. Let's talk about a couple of Cougars. Uh, in the league and Zach Wilson who played so well two weeks ago and then he ran into a buzzsaw with Miami who had played so poorly two weeks ago yeah. you knew they were coming and they had the home field advantage and they blitzed and every play knocked Zach out of the game in the in the first half there's a pl- there's a picture I tweeted I retweeted because I thought it said everything um, it's it's Zach back to pass running for his life and there's four dolphin down linemen chasing him and behind them are the five jet offensive linemen watching them do it and i thought this right here describes the jets commitment to quarterback whether it's zach or aaron Rodgers or anybody else superman uh you're running for your life with the jets and miami's good enough to make them pay and and um, and i think i think zach is in the concussion protocol for this week and and here's the thing he has to get out of there dave yeah. He's got to get out of there. And and it's there's still crazy Jets fans and media that like, oh, yeah, he played good last week, and now he's not playing well. Really? Yeah. Tom Brady, in his peak, would look horrible behind the worst offensive line in football. That, that They're terrible. Aaron Rodgers only lasted three plays. And, they, and the receivers drop balls left and right. Yeah. Zach Wilson is not their problem. They, can we say the word suck on this show? Yeah, I think we can. The rest of their offense <laughs> sucks. <laughs> And and I'm sorry. It's, it's hard to like, believe they're professionals. It, it, it's it's not on Zach. Has Zach's progression as an NFL quarterback suffered because of where he's played? Yeah, like sure. if he was someplace else and they were developing him, he would be fine. I'd love to see him go to San Francisco. Yes, be behind Purdy, please, and be in a system that has linemen yeah. to protect you if you go in. Yeah, it's um, it's it's just like it's it's a terrible terrible situation, and it does remind me of Steve Young in Tampa Bay. And, Where he just and, got killed. And, and when we had Steve and Vi on the show with us, Vi documented for us that because Vi's team, because he returned two punts for touchdowns, beat Steve's team and got the number one draft, or, or uh, that, that allowed Tampa to get the number one draft pick, and they drafted a quarterback over the top of Steve, changed the world in NFL. Like, Steve goes to San Francisco because now he's, and they were talking about him being the biggest bust ever, and mm-hmm. he's terrible. Well, he wasn't terrible. Tampa Bay was terrible. Right. He goes to San Francisco. He learns behind Joe Montana. He's in the Hall of Fame. Please, can I don't know that Zach's ever going to be in the Hall of Fame. I'm not saying that, but what I'm saying is get, get, him out of, get him out of the New York. It's terrible. By the way, you can hear that interview with Vi and Steve at ysguys.com. It's worth going, it's worth going there and, yep. and checking out. Puka Nakua, five more catches for 50 yards. I needed him to get in the end zone like nine times. I see on your fantasy team. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and he didn't get in once. But the Rams won, and they're in the playoffs. You needed chase. him to catch nine touchdowns to win? That's the kind of day I had. Yeah, yeah, I get it. Fred Warner, eight solo tackles. Uh, the 49ers routed the Cardinals. They clinched the NFC West, and everybody's still talking about Fred Warner being one of the five best players in the league period and how about before that game brad robbins and gentry yeah. sang the national anthem they're at uh what is that stadium where the cardinals play something Look, university looks like, of phoenix like stadium spaceship, or something yeah. like that uh, and uh, and brad's interview we had him on you can watch that at ysguys.com yeah, so, so they're down there singing the national anthem this week thursday night has all the makings of a really cool night yes for byu fans so long as the Saints get Taysom the football. Please give him the football. The Saints play at the Rams against Puka. Um, both teams are 7-7, seven and seven, scrambling. And, uh, they got so a shot at the playoffs. Taysom, Jamal, and Danny all at the Saints, right? Danny right. Sorensen, Jamal, Williams. 
Um, get takes them the ball. Saints have a shot. Don't get them the ball. They don't. And Puka's on the Rams. That means there's and four Puka, Cougars. The Rams do get Puka the ball. Yeah. We don't have to beg them. There's four Cougars on the field in a meaningful NFL football game on yeah. national. I don't know what it is. It's on Prime. Uh, I don't. We call that national because everyone can get it, but you right. have to go to Prime to get it. But a Thursday night with four Cougars, several of them impact players, right, in the NFL going against each other, and I'm looking forward to seeing the group shot. Afterwards, yes, that'll be fun as they're all back together. But that's Thursday night. On Friday, we got games going all over the place now uh, with the holidays. The Bills are at the Chargers. Michael Davis, yep, Michael Davis, starting at corner still for the Chargers. Sunday, Browns and Sioni Takitaki at the Texans. The Commanders at the Jets. Well, I don't know if Zach's going to play. I don't know if I were him, I wouldn't. But uh, he may if he if he gets out of concussion protocol. And uh, and then how about the Colts? With Blake Freeland, um, and didn't you say you just uh, were looking in to see if Blake was play- playing? And right then on the play-by-play, false start. He had a false start, so you knew he was playing. By the way, that Bills game is Saturday, not Friday. Oh, there you go. And okay. then and the, the Colts, Blake Freeland at the Falcons with Tyler Algier. So Freeland blocked for Algier. Yeah, did he there not? you go. Yeah. And uh, Zane now, Anderson now, now on the upper side, opposite side. Yeah, the Packers and Zane Anderson at the Panthers, and then the Lions at the Vikings. That's Jaron Hall and Kyrus Tonga. That's another game with playoff implications. Right. And Jaron, I believe, will be the number two man. So yeah. anything happens to the starter, uh, he's in. Those are all on Monday or on Sunday. And then Andy Reid uh, and the Chiefs on Christmas. Yeah, they just got they got an important win. Kind of looks week. like Santa Claus. They, they kind of had a little dip here, but it looks like they you know they looked really good. They rallied this this last uh, Sunday yesterday, and and they're here's the thing they're not having the kind of you know they're not going to be fourteen and two like they have been in some years, but they're going to be they're going to win their division still, looks like right. So, and uh, there's three <coughs> games on Christmas. Uh, so the NFL is taking on the NBA. Mm-hmm. NBA is on. So uh, later that night, the Ravens and the 49ers, these, this could be a Super Bowl preview. We're, we're talking about? With Fred Warner, Fred, Christmas Fred. night yeah. on, a NBA, with, with on ABC. Wait a minute. The Ravens. Where's Kyle right now, Van Noy? He's there. That's right. That's so right. You got, you, got, you got two of the best linebackers in BYU history going against. Not They don't play, they don't play on the field at the same time, but Kyle... Uh, Playing outside and Fred playing inside. Now, remember what Kyle was telling us, that when he played Fred, uh, when Kyle was on one of his other teams, uh, probably the Patriots, that because we asked him, hey, do you trash talk with the other guys? And he goes, well, sometimes. I usually, you know, before the game or yeah, whatever. Yeah. He goes, but uh, for, with Fred, I'd tackle Fred and put my finger in his ear hole. <laughs> <laughs> so now those guys are back together <laughs> on Thursday night or on Christmas night, and we'll see what he's got planned. But That's uh, awesome. That 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 uh, so we start the week Thursday with a BYU reunion and we end yeah. Christmas night with a BYU reunion. So many visible players for BYU uh, in in the National Football League. So they're not just in the league, but they're they're in important positions and really visible positions where people are talking about. Them. That's so good for recruiting. All right, you got everything that's going on. Let's wrap up the show. On this day, on December 18th, yes. this is a significant day for a lot of reasons, and we'll explain why right now. Yeah. Let's start in 1865, a Old historic school. day. The 13th Amendment is adopted, abolishing slavery in the United States. On this day. On this day in 1865. On this day in 1892, the Nutcracker premieres in St. Petersburg, Russia. It's the world's most performed ballet. On this day in 1966, Dr. Seuss wrote... How the Grinch, or didn't write, he launched, premiered on CBS from his great book, 
the show, How the Grinch Stole Christmas. And we've watched that over and over. I like so it even times. better than the Jim Carrey movie. 3,000 feet up up the side of Mount Crump, and he low, yeah. rode with his load to the tip top to dump it. Poo-poo to the who's he was grinchously humming. They're finding out now that no Christmas is coming. I had to teach a lesson in church <laughs> yesterday, and I quoted the Grinch. You did? Yeah. Uh, that line where, you know, perhaps Christmas means something yeah. a little bit Perhaps more. Christmas, no, he thought, perhaps Christmas doesn't come from a store. Perhaps Christmas means something a little, a little bit more. more. 1968 on this day, Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, all four hours of it, premieres in New York City. That was the first show, uh, let's see, I was one, so later in life when I went to watch it, uh, where it's like a halftime. It's like, yeah. what, it's halftime? You go out and get treats at an intermission. Half-time it was so long it had an intermission. Do, so do, you go out, then you come back in, and you're scared to death of the child snatcher. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The, the child snatcher, by the way, child catcher. The child catcher. Like, he's the one of the most scary villains I've Seriously. ever seen in any film I wasn't ever even life. impressed with the flying car. I was more... The, the child catcher. By, by the, the child catcher. So anyway, Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. Yeah. Who? What was the name of the... Uh, um, the girlfriend of Dick Van Dyke that he was trying to woo, whose, whose dad owned the Great Treat Factory, I don't where know. they made toot sweets. Yeah, I don't know. It was Truly Scrumptious was yeah, her name. That Truly Scrumptious? Yeah, her dad was Mr. Scrumptious who owned the <laughs> Truly Scrumptious. How do you know that? That's, that's concerning. Dave, you know that there's so much useless information in this head of mine. 1972 on this day, the Vietnam War ends. Yeah, how about that? 1976, Wonder Woman premieres on ABC and with the Linda world, Carter. the world was never the same. Never the same. How about 1984, A Christmas Carol, starring George C. Scott, premieres on CBS. This was kind of one of the scarier ones. Yeah, yeah. Because he was, he was a, obviously a great actor. That's, that's Patton playing Ebenezer yeah. Scrooge, but General Patton. But um, anyway, uh, eight, 1984 on this day. On this day in 1998, President Bill Clinton was impeached by the House of Representatives. That'll go down. How, how wild. We don't even want to get into how what he got, what, what went on with that. 19, uh, 2009 on this day, Avatar released in the U.S., the highest grossing film of all time. I haven't even seen it. There's a new one called Avatar Water or something. Yeah, I haven't seen and it. then that made a fortune too, but yeah, I, 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 I never got I've seen the original one. It's actually pretty amazing. You I'm sure watch it is. I just you got to watch it. You, like, you come to our house and watch it in theater because you can't just watch it on a regular TV. It's like nine hours long, isn't yeah. it? No, it's not. That. Is it longer than Chitty Chitty <laughs> Bang Bang? No. Is there an intermission? I don't think it's as long as Chitty Chitty Bang Is there Bang a halftime Bang. show in the in that? Okay. It's good. All right, bowl games, by the way. On this day, December 18th, BYU is 2-2 two and two in games played on this day. Yeah, 1976, Tangerine Bowl. And uh, Oklahoma State beat BYU 49-20. Was that the Terry Miller when you just yeah, went nuts? Gifford Nielsen threw like yeah. a million picks. Uh, 1981, the Holiday Bowl, Tom Holmo had a pick six. Uh, BYU won 38 36 against Washington State. You were down there for that. Yeah. And that, that's, hey, that's not the only pick six. You know, Tom had a pick six in our opener back at Georgia, too. Herschel Walker couldn't even run him down. That's amazing. Yeah. 1981, Tom was the man. On this day in 2009, there was the New Mexico Bowl. Jake Heaps threw four touchdown passes, three to Cody Hoffman. 52 to 24 win against UTEP. And this is kind of where we were thinking, okay, yeah. coming back next year. And mm-hmm. and then 2010 got away. Yeah. And then in 2021 in the Independence Bowl, that was on December 18th. BYU lost to UAB. Remember that rainy, cold day? Oh, yeah. But but Tyler Algier rushed for 192 yards and three touchdowns to break Luke Staley's single-season rushing record. That's what we choose to remember. That's that what we're going to remember from that game. And then Tyler, that launched him to a 1,000-yard season in the National Football League the next year. Uh, birthdays on this day in 1707, Charles Wesley. Who's Charles Wesley? 
He's an English Methodist who wrote Hark the Herald Angels Sing. Wow. Hey, how about 1886 birthday, December 18th? Ty Cobb, Hall of Fame basketball player. Steven Spielberg on this day in 1946. I didn't realize Steven Spielberg was that old. Yeah, he's up there. Now, 1963, guy that's more our vintage, Brad Pitt. Who was, who was Brad? What was Brad Pitt's best movie? Well, I know what you... Yeah, I agree with you. Because he's been in a lot of them. A lot I, of them I haven't seen. I, I think he's really good in Troy. It's a little violent. Yeah, he was great in Ocean's Eleven. Yeah, but we both agree that Moneyball is the best movie. He's, he's so good in He Moneyball. was so good in Moneyball, and it was based on a true story, and, uh, and that just made it more real. Yeah, yep. And then deaths on December 18th, 1971, Bobby Jones. Great golfer, yeah. Bobby Jones. Chris Farley died on this day. Yeah. What was his best movie? It was Saturday Night Live no, and all no. that stuff. But I'm just going to give you a line. I've seen some things in my life. This is after the deer goes nuts in their car. <laughs> and he goes, I've seen some things in my life. But that was awesome. Tommy Boy. Tommy Boy is his best, I think. And then, yeah, Black Sheep. Wasn't he in Black Sheep, too? Yeah. That was another oh, one. Oh, yeah. He's, They're all the same. Why, but why, why do really, really funny guys have problems inside and don't? Stay around a long time. I don't know. I don't know, but uh, boy, he died awfully young. Hey, and I got to remind people, this day on December 18th on this day, Libby Lloyd premiered in Wicked on Broadway. That's right. Today. I'm so. glad we got that in. Yes. <laughs> uh, so is her show over? Do you got to call her after the show? Um, she's going to call us tonight and let us know how it went first night. Awesome. Our Wise Guys Inspirational Quote of the Week uh, comes from the Grinch, and we kind of teased it a moment ago. And, and this is because of his TV debut on this day. Back in 1966, and these words have uh, resonated ever yeah. since. And I have to say that in the middle of this, we're going to, I've used this, my kids are like, what, why, why do you think that, Dad? And I'll say, well, I've puzzled and I've puzzled till my puzzler was sore. <laughs> and then I thought of something I hadn't before. So here you go. Here's the Grinch. And the Grinch, with his Grinchy feet ice cold in the snow, stood puzzling and puzzling. How could it be so? It came without ribbons. It came without tags. It came without packages, boxes, or bags. And he puzzled and puzzled till his puzzler was sore. Then the Grinch thought of something he hadn't before. What if Christmas, he thought, doesn't come from a store? What if Christmas, perhaps, means a little bit more? That's the Grinch on this day in 1966. One of the great puzzles yeah, of all Dr. time. Dr. Seuss is a genius. I felt bad for Max the dog, though. Like, he put those big handlers on them and he had to yeah. pull that big sled and yeah. it wasn't right. You, you know what is available at a store uh, that um, means a little bit more? C is for Cougar. That's at uh, Deseret Book. Yes. Seagull Book. Amazon. BYU Store. It's fourteen ninety nine. Uh, it's great for a stocking stuffer for your BYU fan. Young or old, hope you check it out. I, C I, is for Cougar. I just, like, you gave me one. I got the first one. Because I stole it, it out yeah, of the box. Right out of the box. When we had the christening. But I did just buy two. You know, I just bought two. Yeah. So and I signed them. Yes, you did. Yes, signed you did. them for your friends. They're great gifts. I was like, I know a guy that wrote a book. It's the gift that keeps <laughs> on giving the whole year through, and it doesn't involve yep. the Jelly of the Month Club. Nope. You know, it was awesome. Thing. That's a great book. Jim so. Fredette was awesome tonight. So was Ross Oppo. Yeah, so good to have those guys with us. We thank them, uh, and uh, the podcast will be up uh, tomorrow. Mm -hmm. And we encourage you to keep tabs also on our wise guys. If you go there and, and you, you click the link thing, you get the email and that'll send you highlights of the show. Right. 
Uh, but we'll also be all over YouTube and, and uh, look for those and share them with your friends. Next week's going to be uh, a fun show for us. It's yeah. Christmas night, and so we didn't want DJ to work on Christmas night because right. his family's in from Hawaii. Um, so what we've done is we took uh, a bunch, not all, but a bunch of clips our from favorites. our Some interviews of our favorites. Yeah. Uh, throughout, uh, throughout the year and, uh, and put it together for, for next Monday night, Christmas night, and then that'll be our podcast for the week. And then we come back the following week, and we'll be back in studio, but the following week, we'll do the year in review. Yeah. The best things from the BYU sports outlets, um, all the teams from the year, and that'll be uh, New Year's night. Yep. And that week, and that's a perfect time to kind of look back as we launch into, you know, year two for football in the Big 12, and, and the spring sports are still waiting. Baseball we, and softball and stuff, they're still waiting for their first round. We might even make a New Year's resolution or two on the show. And you yeah. can too. You can too. Yeah, so that's coming up in the next couple of weeks. We hope you have a Merry Christmas. And we thank you for making the Wise Guys part of your life and helping us as we move to Monday, where we're going to stay forever. Yep. And then uh, the holidays for us, uh, the pregame show for the holidays for us is Friday night. Yep, we have a game Friday night. Bellarmine, Louisville, Kentucky, Christian School. That's, you know... We know a little bit more than that, and we'll share it with you on game. But we do know <laughs> Dawson Baker, Marcus Adams, and the uh, 17th-ranked Cougars will be on display on Friday night at 7 o'clock Mountain Time on ESPN+. Plus For an hour before the game, we're on BYU TV for the pregame show with Jerem and his guys and, and then the postgame afterwards. So that will be our final thing of after that. Christmas is up to everyone else. Yep, there you go. And, um, hey, thanks to everybody that sent us well wishes. And Linda Murray's the last one on. Merry Christmas, Blaine and Dave and Wise Guys crew. Thank you all. Great, great. Have a great Christmas. See you guys.